Unite and Win episode three. In this week's episode, I sat down with Brian Randall of Leap of Faith Tattoo. And after a long day of work at his tattoo shop in Prescott, Arizona, we sat down to do this interview. And we talked the good times, the bad, everything in between from getting hit by a car to getting tattooed at 15, to being a dad, to tatting everywhere and everything in between. He's just as much of a talker as I am, so this interview went for a couple hours and it easily could have gone a few, but we'll spare you those. Here's two. This is the Brian Randall interview. I want to say that this is the most comfy set I've had so far. Yeah, every podcast I've done so far has been either on a massage table, like real tat style. <laughs> or, real tat style. Yeah, or it's been uh, once I bought I, I bought this like little foldable table from Target. I'm like, oh, when I'm traveling doing the podcast. I have this little fold-out table, but it's really low. It's like a convention table thing, like a little plasticky yeah. thing. And it's like you're kind of like hunching and it doesn't really work. <laughs> like this isn't comfortable. No, this is like, this is legit, yeah, you know? table. Yeah, this looks really good. And we're in the little tat museum, you know? There's a lot of, been, a lot of stories been had at this table. Yeah, a so. Lot of stories at this table, for sure. So, well, tell me about the story about the table. I don't even know what the, <laughs> my, <laughs> my ex-wife literally found this table. Really? Yeah, she got this table at the old shop. She thought it was too, uh, she thought the old shop was too, Tattooy. Okay. And so she was like, You need something nice in this shop. I noticed and the table right away. I'm like, that table fits that spot perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so when I moved to this shop, um Yeah, here's the table. Damn. I didn't know where else to put it, so I was gonna put it right in the middle of the room. Like it works. So has this shop been the same location for twenty years? No, no, this shop's been here for nine. Where were you at before years. that? I was at the other end of Prescott. Like mm. right when you come into Prescott, like where the um where the highway turns into Gurley Street, right, We're right there. Okay. Like yeah. And so, what brought you? Didn't you say you were originally from Colorado? Yeah. 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 So I came here, um, kind of wild. So I had a cousin. Um, I, th I think they're kind of cousins or whatever, but they lived here. Um, he came here to work for like a big O tires place and we were like looking for a spot. Hmm. I kind of came here to live with them. Um, check the place out or whatever. Right. I was here for a little while traveling, going around and then it kind of just happened. Like hmm. it was just kind of like this was the spot, you know? And what was like, this is already a small town. What, what was the town like back then? It was small. I mean, just the, the highway coming in, it was like two lanes. Oh, wow. And now it's like four. And yeah. the freeway actually didn't even go where it was. It wrapped through like a mountain and stuff. But yeah, it was tiny, tiny town, like small. And when you were in Colorado, were you from a small town out there? Or I was what? from eight miles south of Denver. Okay. So super close to Denver. Yeah. You know, what a change. Kind of lived all over. But yeah, oh yeah, coming from, I don't even think I'd been on like dirt roads or anything. Really? You know, I hadn't seen like a cow, like yeah. in the wild or, you know what I mean? Like on a ranch or anything. Like yeah. I hadn't seen anything like that. Like, I was like city, city kid. Right. So moving here, it was a huge. Like, yeah, coming out there. here, it looks like, looks like the cowboy movies. Like especially like, like forty minutes out, you see like the, the mountains have the shape, the iconic <laughs> yeah. silhouette. Yeah, just like the cowboy movies. Yeah, it's really cool. Really cool. Yeah, it's a neat little town. It's gotten big now. It's a lot bigger than what what you would think it is. Right. You know, three colleges. There's three colleges. You know, there's three colleges here. Damn. 
So it's it's good. There's a big the one of the biggest aeronautical colleges there is is here. Oh wow, Embry Riddle. That's that's here. Okay. So and then there's like two community colleges. So where'd you um, get your start in tattooing? Was that in Colorado? So yes and no. So I I mm-hmm. yes I started. So I got tattooed. My first tattoo was in Colorado when I was 15, and then. Damn, everyone knows these cool, like, teenage tat stories. Yeah, mine was pretty wild. I want to hear um, it. Start that. Mine, so there was this guy, this kid that, <laughs> <laughs> this kid, like, he was, like, the cool kid in the neighborhood. Like, right. The guy, you know. And now you look back, he was just, like, this 18-year-old kid hanging out with, like, 13, 14, 15. That's always you know, the case, loser, yeah. But, yeah, he was, like, he was cool. He, his name was Mike. And uh, he started getting tattooed, and we were all just, like, that's so cool. Right. Like, you got, you're getting tats, like, that's cool. Yeah. And, um... So we'd go down, we'd have to like take this bus into Denver and we could go to the shop. It was on Colfax and we'd, we'd go to the shop and the dude was always like, hey, you can't be in here, you know? Okay. So we'd hang out and skateboard out front or whatever and like watch the windows and stuff. And so I'd watch, I would go with Mike and I'd watch him get tattooed and I was like, that's so freaking cool. Like, So eventually they let super, you start watching because cool. you were there enough? No, or? like they never let us in. And so one day after we'd seen Mike get... He, and he was getting like shit too. Like he wasn't right. even getting like good tattoos, but they were cool. Like yeah, anything's cool. Anything's, he was getting a tattoo like, is cool. I remember he got like the three of clubs, like tattooed on his arm, like a three of clubs tattoo, and he got I don't know, like just outline stuff. Like it wasn't even like anything good. It was just okay. Cool. And um, so I remember the three of clubs one though. That was like his first one, and then uh. So I would go and watch him tattoo. He was always like, hey, you want to come with me? And I was always like, yeah, that's cool. And so I'd go down, and one day I was at school, and uh, I was like, I'm going to get tattooed today. And everybody's going to go skateboard and hang out. And then, you know, I was like, I'm, I think I'm going to go get tattooed today, and no one believed me. You know, and they're like, how you can do that? I was like, I'm just going to take the bus down there. I'm going to get tattooed. No one believed me, so I get on the bus, take the city bus. The 101 ran. I think it still runs through Denver. Um, I got on that thing, rode down to downtown Denver, get off the bus and I waited at the tattoo shop and I waited till there was like an empty chair. It was like pit style, you know, tattoo right. shop. And I waited, <clears throat> I waited till the, um, there was an open chair. I literally walked in the shop, walked right through the pony wall, went right back in there, sat down and the dude turns around. And he's like, Hey, what's up? You know? And I was like, oh, I want a tattoo. He's like, what do you want? And I freaking panicked. I was like, where'd the confidence uh, come for you to even like get in there like that? Well, I'd spent like my time figuring out like how Mike handled himself at the tattoo shop. <laughs> You're like studying it. So I was kind of like, okay, that's cool. Like you go in and kind of walk a little taller, like try to be the man or whatever. You know, I was like, that's cool. Like Mike. Yeah. If you like act tough. like you belong like there, tougher I think there, you, you belong. Know? Yeah. So I literally walk in the tattoo shop, sit down. Like no one said, I mean, I just walked right through the whole thing. Sat down and the guy's like, cool, you want a tattoo? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what do you want? And I panicked. I was like, I don't, it never occurred to me to think about like what I would get. Right. You know, um, hey, stop. She's like, <laughs> I want out. Um, it never occurred to me like what tattoo I would get. And so I was like, I think I want like a wizard. Fuck yeah. And he's like, yeah. I go, but I want it like a Santa Claus but like a biker Santa Claus, you know, and he's like, oh, okay, cool, cool. He's like, where do you want? It? I go, I want on my ankle. He's like, all right, cool. So I give him my ankle. The dude didn't like hardly shave me, didn't anything. He just grabbed a big pen like off the counter. 
starts drawing on me and I'm looking down at him and I was like, no, the beard's got to be like more wiry and not like, so I'm talking him through it, you know, but wait, and, did uh, you really have this idea in your head? Are you no, yeah, no, no, this is like, I'll get to it. So I'm like, no man, it's got to have like wiry and like make him look like, I, I only wanted like the bust, you know, like, up. okay. Yeah. And then I was looking on the walls and I was like, you see, like there's those stars and like there's some wizardry looking stuff. Wizardry. You know? I was like, I want that stuff in the background. Like have, the, have like the front of him, but like have this stuff. And so I was telling him and he's like, all right, cool, cool. And so he was drawn on me and I was like, okay, a little fatter and this and that, you know, <laughs> he's like, all right, cool. So he tattoos me. I get it. And, um, I got up and looked in the mirror and was like, that's terrible, but it's so freaking cool. Like it was a terrible tattoo. I was 15. I knew it was a terrible tattoo. It didn't look good at all. But it was but, a tattoo. But it was a tattoo, and it was cool. So I paid the guy. Was was price discussed? It was like, no, no. He just charged me 75 bucks. But you had it? Yeah, and I, I only had $100 with me. Oh, shit. Okay. In like ones and quarters and like, you know. Yeah, lunch like, money. This guy's a dick. Um, <laughs> or this kid or whatever. They never even asked. Right. And so I get tattooed and get on the bus. I'm like stoked. Get on the bus. I go home, and my uncle was there, um, and I was like, "Hey, I got to show you something, you know." And definitely not. My dad was tattooed. My dad was actually tattooed by Pinky Yoon. Oh wow! Um, yeah, my dad had his legs tattooed by Pinky Yoon when he was in the Navy, um, which I didn't know until years later. Right. Um, but I remember seeing he had a like, big geisha and stuff on him. Wow. But I didn't know Pinky had done it until after he passed away. Um, so I show my uncle and he's just like, what did you do? You're like, you know? dude, it's a I was fucking like, I got a Santa wizard, I was like, bro. I got a tattoo. <laughs> and he's like, why in the world would you get that? You know, like, what did you just do? So I told him the whole story of like, went to the tattoo shop, studied it, learned how to like handle myself. Like I'm the man. <laughs> get there. He asked me what I want. And I'm like, have no idea. Right. Never thought like. I want a panther or I want, you know, like I never, it never occurred to me. Right. So I literally described the guy that was about to tattoo me. This dude looked no. like Santa Claus. Like, <laughs> it's like a caricature. Dude, this dude looked like that hell's angel Santa Claus, man. He was like tough. They like, hear that, that's like, isn't that a thing? Like with the police sketch things and then they'll accidentally <laughs> describe the person that sketched them. Have you yeah, heard that? It, was, it was wild. Like, that was a story with like the Ted Kaczynski case. Like, the person, it was like years later when they were describing like how the Unabomber looked. She just described the guy that like was sketching. It was yeah, it looked, they're all off. Yeah, like yeah. that's not the dude. Well, I literally described this guy to a T. Like he he didn't know it. Like I wasn't like I want you. You know, <laughs> it does look good. But I was like, <laughs> this dude looks like a biker Santa Claus. You know, he's a little bit more rough. You know, like give it more scruff. And you know, right. he's like, all right, cool. And he's like scribbling like where the beard is, and it's literally tattooed like a scribble. Whoa. And um. So I tell my uncle this. I was like, yeah, I panicked. I didn't know what I wanted. So I just described the dude tattooing me. Right. And um, he's like, you did not. You know, and I'm like, no, I'm serious. I did. I didn't know what to get. When did it click that you, that's what happened? That you, you just, when you look down, look up, you're like looking in the mirror. No, I knew. I was just like, I'll get him. I knew. I was like, he looked like a wizard. And there was super cool. (laughs) There was super cool flash on the walls. Like now I think it's like way cooler, but um. I remember it was just like this custom crazy, tat, like, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, super custom. Fuck. So, well, it gets crazier, though. So I get him tattooed on me, show my uncle. He's like, that's terrible. I know it's terrible, but I, the story's cool. Like, I got tattooed. Um, 
So no joke. So that's like when I'm 15. Mm-hmm. So in 2004, 2000, I'd have to look. It was like, I don't know. It was somewhere between 2002, 2004. They had um, a convention in Denver. Mm-hmm. Like it was supposed to be this big to-do convention in Denver. And so I was like, cool, let's go. So we drive up there and uh, I walk in the convention and there's this huge memorial, like in the hallway as you're going into the convention, there's this big memorial. And um, I walk in and everybody's like talking, this this tattooer in Denver had passed away, like this Mm -hmm. guy that tattooed in Denver for like 40 years. So everybody's checking out these pictures and there's old flash and stuff. And and, uh, I'm walking up and I walk up and look at the picture and it's the dude. Whoa. The guy. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, I knew this dude, and this guy tattooed me here, and blah, blah, blah. I worked at this shop, and I'm just looking at all the pictures, and like, holy crap, I got this guy tattooed on my leg, you know? Yeah. And so I meet this kid who's a DJ or something that was like, that convention was super weird. They had like, <laughs> yeah, it was super weird. Um, yeah, that it was bad. Like, they never promoted it. The, all the tattooers destroyed the hotel, like, raided the bar. Like, it was chaos but um so i'm talking to this guy and i was like i have a this dude tattooed on my ankle (laughs) and he's like no way and so he was like hey the so-and-so like worked for this guy or whatever and i said no i'm serious and so i take off my shoe and i show him and i'm like look it's him and everybody's like oh no shit you did you know and i was telling the story like yeah i literally went in to get tattooed didn't know what so i got him i was like that makes sense like i'll get a wizard santa claus and uh yeah that's how i got my first tattoo that was that was him literally literally the dude do you remember his name what was his name it was like bear (laughs) by something like it wasn't like running bear but it was like one of those like (laughs) something bear yeah and um yeah but he was like a a fixture in denver for years i guess you know he'd work for like um shoot kim um Tony, he'd work. He we worked for a lot of people. Trip out, but um, yeah, I guess he was like a staple, you know, in Denver. Damn. So yeah, I actually I, I want to go by uh, Denver City and see if they they know like any info That'd on this cool. dude because they they would know. Right. Like, yeah. I, yeah. When I go up yeah. to Denver, I'm going up to Denver in a couple months. I'm gonna swing in there and be like, hey, there was that shop dude. looks super cool. That shop was in uh, it was, it was on like Colfax. It was like gas oh yeah, Denver City is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I never been in there. I went by and they weren't open. But uh, the shop on Colfax, it was open till, I don't know if it's still open, but the, the shop I got tattooed in, it was open when I went back to the Denver show. Oh, wow. But it'd been open, been there for years and years mm. and years. I don't, I don't know. Crazy. It didn't look like anything had ever been. So that spark or... anything in you? Like, like how, how'd you get from that to eventually tattooing? Well, I met, well, I got a series of terrible tattoos because yeah. then I was stoked. Like I could get tattooed there. It was yeah. awesome. And then I got so that tattooed. That was a spot you, you, you didn't, they're not tripping because you've already been there from their facings. Keep going yeah, back. I got tattooed a couple times there. Um, and then they carded me when it, they finally carded me and I couldn't get tattooed there anymore. Really? Um, yeah. And then um, I met a dude. Was there a scene about it or they were just like. No, it just it wasn't a thing. They were just like, huh. yeah, you don't come back and do that, you know? Right. I was like, all right, cool. Um, and then, and I had already gotten like bad tattoos. Right. They weren't like awesome. You probably didn't need any more from them. No, I got point. like my ankle done. I got the side of my hip done. I got um, some odd places. I did. Bro. I got like this weird. Well, I wanted something big, and I, <laughs> dude, my family would not have been stoked. So I was ankle like, okay, I'll hip. get like places I can wear like 
yeah, shorts. Got some masculine um, spots. And then I got my shoulder done. That was the last one I got done there. And then um, my dad had a his last name when they uh-huh. like his navel patch. Right. And I walked in and found the actually the font. No joke is Diane. It's called Diana Light. It's in that lettering book. Oh, that's super simple right. like, script. Like mm-hmm. Diana. That's literally now I know what that was. But I went in and saw it. They had that page like on the wall. Mm. I was like, that's the lettering. That's cool. So I got my last name tattooed on my shoulder because I was stoked. I was like, that's cool. I can get the same tattoo as him. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I got that. And that was the last tattoo I got there. And then um, I got a series of like bad tattoos. I met um, Catfish Carl in 90... Ooh, I remember bits of the story. We talked about this a couple months back. Yeah. This is cool. You guys are stoked. <clears throat> so I met him. Um, I met him at a convention. Met him in Ink Slingers. And I just talked with him. You know, right. super nice guy. Checked out machines. Met Rick Walter. That weekend, like, I met so many people. And um, You're already pretty tattooed at this point, right? I wasn't really tattooed. I was pretty young still right you know I, so this is like when i was 17 18 okay so no yeah but yeah it's like 17 and so i meet them um at ink slingers and kind of hit it off talk to him the next day kind of you know hang out and i took one of his cards called him um we kind of just corresponded like we'd we'd write letters you know Mm -hmm. i I don't really know how it started like it just was like it just kind of i don't i don't know like i know it wasn't him like reaching out like he right it just kind of did and um so we we end up writing letters back and forth um i was working at a restaurant like trying to figure things out or whatever Mm -hmm. um i graduated high school i started like every time i would see him or he would be like, hey, I'm going to be in Long Beach or I'm going to be, you know, like I'd go see him. So I end up talking to him at a show one time and um, he's like, hey, how's, how's the show going for you? And I was like, good. <laughs> he's like, you doing pretty good this weekend? And I said, oh, man, I'm just here, I'm like checking it out. Like I heard you were going to be here. Saw Rick, saw, you know, Tennessee Dave. Um, yeah. Um, Shoot the people from Purple Panther, um, Sunset Strip, like Small Paul. Like I was there, like check out, like oh, Small Paul wasn't. I don't remember who was there. I don't know. It was a lot of years ago. For sure, like Dave and and Rick. Right. Um, I think Clark was there. Clark North, I think was there. Um, so we hang out. He asked me like how I'm having the weekend. I was like, oh, I'm just here to hang out, you know. And he's like, have Oh, you, had you been tattooed by him at all? I hadn't been tattooed by him. Damn, no. so you're just boys. You're just yeah, yeah. Out. So yeah, so we just were like friends, like sending letters. Like yeah. he would write me letters, like shops busy, blah blah. You know, we were just talking. You know. Yeah. And it was weird. Like, I don't remember. I have all every letter that he's ever sent me. Um, so they were just like conversations, you know. But yeah. there wasn't also see there also wasn't email like that. Right. You know, it was email. There wasn't cell phone. There wasn't at that time. There was just like pagers. Right. And Carl probably has never had that. But um so we we correspond, he asked me how the weekend's going. That's when I tell him I'm like, I'm just here hanging out, like I don't tattoo. Wow. And he's like, What? you know, and he's he's like Well, no, I'd asked to buy a machine from him. Mm. And he was asking about the weekend or whatever. I was like, Oh, I don't tattoo and he's like, What? you know, and 
I said, yeah, man, I don't, I've never done this. I, I just keep coming. Like I kind of knew you were going to be here. So I came to watch and do all stuff. So we kind of hit it off. He sells me a machine. So I have like a machine, mm-hmm. like not really any idea of like what else to do with it, whatever. Right. Sells me a machine. Um, probably like he knew like this kid has a machine. Like what is he going to do? You know, mm. it's not like you could go on the internet and buy something, you know, like I had no direct, like I was just going to have a tattoo machine. Right. So we end up corresponding like a lot, like a lot after that. And I started asking him tons of questions. Like we'd talk on the phone and like we'd have a phone conversation. And then like a week later, I'd get a letter in the mail. Mm-hmm. And it was literally like little hints and tips and things like of the conversation we had on the phone. He would give me little like when I'm packing color, I work the puddle and like, you know, like mm. little, like he would give me the, like these little like things. Right. And I was like, I don't even know what this means. I don't know. I still haven't tattooed. So I don't, you know, but I'm like, this is, I'm stoked. So I end up meeting a couple guys that were like, we'll show you a little bit of tattooing. Um, goes terrible. I mess around in my house for a little while. Goes terrible. Um, met another guy, sat in, in his shop for a little bit. Um, his direction was pretty much, I had asked him like, Hey, if you were going to color this little heart, like, how would you do it? And he's like, Hey, whenever I don't know how to do a tattoo, I fake it and left. And I was like, okay. Like with the girl sitting right there, like I literally didn't know how to do the tattoo at all. So I fumbled through this tattoo, probably jacked her up, never saw her of course. Um, I called Carl and was like, look, this is kind of rough. I don't know what I'm doing. And it just turned into that thing. Like I started going and watching him work and then he would have these conversations and then we'd talk back and forth, taught me about machines and machine mechanics. He'd send me diagrams of different things and like, um, new things he was doing with machines. He would like take photos and go develop them and send them to me and like write notes on the back of them. And like, he gave me like this whole thing. Well, it wasn't until, I tattooed for a little bit that he was like, I'd asked him something about this shader that, that I was now using. Mm -hmm. Um, um, and he was like, well, I already gave you all the information, you know, it's just look through the letters. Well, I was looking through the letters and they all like went together. Mm. Like it was literally like a time, like you could put them together and read this thing. And it was like, Oh, I don't ask. You already have the, yeah, he totally gave me all this stuff. It was crazy. And, um, so I was like, this is like literally the Holy grail at that time. You know, I was like, this is cool. So I went through, read all the letters, did all the stuff, checked out all the things he sent me, the pictures. Um, while we were on the phone, I was like taking notes, doing all stuff. I worked at like a handful, like not even a handful, a couple of two shops, three shops and, um, very poorly. And then I started traveling I figured like I'm not learning anything at all, like what I want to do or what I, you know, right, might be able to, like I don't know anything. So I would go to like conventions and then um, started doing those. Like the first years were super shaky, like super, it was like crash and burn as I learned, you mm. know. And I was tattooing pretty consistently, still working. Carl was like, don't quit your job at the restaurant, like, oh, wow. you know. You're making money, like keep trying to do what you're doing. Right. So I would try to like work during the day, tattoo at night or yeah. or work at night, like tattoo in the day. So I was kind of like doing them both. It was crazy um, doing conventions. And then um, 
I met um, Ryan Downey, mm-hmm. I think. He was the first one that I kind of, well, that was like at the cusp of like the Ryan Downey phenomena that happened. Like Ryan was like. Were you still out in Denver at this point? Um, then I was between here, Denver, and California. Okay, so just hopping around. Yeah, trying to like Mm -hmm. work and, you know, make money and do stuff like that. And then um, I met Ryan briefly and was like, he was like rock star. Like he, I didn't really even know if he was any good or not. Um, Like in hindsight, he was. Like he was, he was good. But he was definitely a showman. Like Mm. he was, he was like, look at me, you know. And I had, so... Well, I, I met him shortly after I opened the shop. So I figured I'm not learning this stuff like from this guy, this guy, this guy. Opportunity rose for me to open the shop, open the shop. And then figured out really quickly I didn't know what I was doing. Like wow. really like was swallowed up quick. And so started doing more shows, like trying to just get out there. And I would get booths. Get information where you could. Yeah, I would get booths and not even like intend to tattoo at the shows, but just like an excuse to be there watch people or try to buy flash or i would buy every go down every aisle and buy all of it like every Whoa. bit of flash, like i bought it all and um when i met ryan um i watched he had just started popping up in like the magazines and he was having like articles written about him and stuff and he was kind of like the face of tattooing like right before that before mm-hmm. he got real huge and started doing the same thing with him. Like I would go to Las Vegas and watch him at the Pussycat. And then um, kind of got to know him a little bit. Um, machines, you know, a little was bit Buddy more. Was working there at the same time? <clears throat> he was shortly, well, yeah, Ryan, he was there this, later on, I think. Okay, I don't. Yeah. I don't remember. I forgot to ask Buddy what year that was. Because him and I, we were also trying to figure out what year it was. It was like 2004 that Buddy and I worked side by side in the Las Vegas convention. I think it was 2004. Mm. Um, it's crazy. Cause it doesn't sound long ago, but it's so long ago. Yeah. It does. It seems like it was not at all, but I met Ryan, um, same sort of thing, kind of picked his brains, this and that kind of became friends with him, started traveling with him. I don't really know how that happened because mm. I was definitely like the weak link of the, of the whole chain. Like, and I was tattooing with people, shoot anybody, the pussycat, you know? And then there's like, I'm jacking people up. Like, and right. they were just like, yeah, come hang out or come, you know? And, um, so I hung out with them for a while. And then in my brain was like, well, I'm like the rock star, you know, like this is cool, you know? And so I started hanging out with them and you're in Vegas, you're tattooing, you're young. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, things were a lot different than too, for sure. Um, you know, I got exposed to Hollywood and then Las Vegas and things, you know, and then I would come home and tattoo and you're juggling this spot at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I, um, yeah, but I traveled like as much as I could. I got up to like 25 to 30 weeks a year. Like I was on the road, like nonstop. And you used to have a solid crew here holding it down or how was it just kind of, there was like two people. There's always like two people at the shop Mm -hmm. and God, they probably thought 
Like, what is this guy doing? Because they were like, they were better than me too. Like, they're, right. they, they're, you know, I was basically just like, cool, the shop's taken care of. I'm going to go like, learn, 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 learn. Right. And then that stuck. Like, I just stayed in that zone. Like, just stayed that for years. Mm-hmm. Literally until like four years ago. Yeah, you're saying um, that, yeah. Yeah, I went like nonstop. Just started taking it easy. I would just be like, going, going, going. And then, um, yeah, and then it just kind of, here it is now. Yeah, wow. Years later. But yeah, tattooing with Ryan, like that that turned into a thing for sure. Um, he exploded, got huge. Um, Las Vegas was definitely too much for me, mm. for sure. But I also had, so I had a family at home too. And so I was kind of given a little bit of an ultimatum kind of thing, mm. which was a definite needed push for sure. Um, you know, you have a family at home and babies and I'm out playing Las Vegas, you know, Ryan rolls up in a limo and was like, welcome to Las Vegas. What do you want? You know? (laughs) Um, yeah, there was, yeah, my last weekend there was rough. Like it was rough. I went home, like burned out big time, burned out. (laughs) I was like, I got to go home. Like I knew outside of like the stuff I wasn't supposed to be doing, I was burned out. Right. And then I stayed here and just worked, built the shop up, got things going, and then hit the road again. And just what traveled. made you make the the move from from the other spot to here? So that spot, it was so that original spot was underneath the. Um, there's a motel there, super shady motel, hmm. like, and so they there was rooms above the tattoo. So this tattoo shop was on ground level, the street mm-hmm. level. And there was literally like motel rooms, like four motel rooms that went Bizarre. the stretch of the shop. It was like cracked in, man. Like Whoa. there'd be bus meth labs and all sorts of stuff. There was like hookers every once in a while and, and uh, more than every once in a while there was hookers up there and stuff. It was crazy. And for Prescott, that was wild. Like that yeah, was the worst. Sounds kind of bizarre. That was like at that time, that was the worst section of Prescott. Like there wasn't another like bad spot. Like right. it was just like a terrible spot. Killer for tattoo shop. Like it was killer. Right. You couldn't, there was no parking. So it was cool. Like you had to want to be there to get there. Mm. It wasn't like a walk-in shop, but we did, that's, we did so many walk-ins, but it was definitely like the way the intersection was and all that stuff. You had to like zigzag to get through there and like mm. get to this thing. And it was right on the main, main road. And so that motel, that dude, um, foreclosed on it. Mm. We'd been paying rent, paying rent, paying rent. And one night sure. I was in there tattooing and, no joke, like an officer, a lawyer, and some of the property guys showed up and asked what we were doing in there. I was like, we're working, working you yeah. know? He's like, you were supposed to have vacated this place like three months ago. Really? Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, you're not supposed to be here. We foreclosed on this like months ago. The other places on that Was strip, the motel upstairs still rolling too? Yeah, it was still totally still going. Oh, wow. And um, it started getting a lot quieter, mm. but yeah, it was still like going. And um, they said, yeah, you, you have to leave. You have to be gone tonight. They said, once you close up, everything that's still here Fuck. is it. Damn. So I was like, all right, here, let's go outside and talk about this. And they were like, cool. So I walked out the front door. They walked out. I shut the door and locked it. Mm. Literally locked. I figured I'm staying in here, you know? And so I told him to the, like, I was like, I'm staying in here till we get this figured out. I called the landlord, the guy that owns the shop or mm-hmm. owned the, the property. It's dude, Nick. And, um, he was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm on my way to Seattle. Like my phone's going to be turned off soon. Whoa. Like, sorry, man. But yeah, I'm done. Bank floor closed and hung up on me. 
fuck? Skip town. Like I'd been paying rent instead of like looking for another place, doing whatever. So I went outside, told him. Garbage. Just was like, dude, I can't. This can't happen. You know, like this is my livelihood. Like I don't know anything about this. I literally just talked to Nick. He just told me I never got a letter. I not got not, nothing. And um, they were super cool. They were like, you can stay here. They gave me a week to move everything out of the shop. Um, couldn't work. They were like, you're not going to work, you know, insurances. And they were cutting off the water and like oh, everything. Wow. Showed up the next morning. Everything time was to cool. figure out a U-Haul or some kind of Yeah, so I something. had a week. I moved everything out. Decided I wasn't going wasn't gonna to tattoo here. I was like, forget this. This sucks. Um, so I, I was going to go to Beaumont, Texas. Um, mm. I had met um, Mundo Trevino. Mm-hmm at the Austin convention, super cool dude. Like I liked him. Like he was just a a good dude. And I always remembered, like we'd kind of kept in touch and contact and stuff. And, um, he's, he's a really, really killer dude. And we'd kind of, you know, just stayed in touch. And so I called him and kind of told him what was going on. I was like, Hey, can I come out and maybe work like a week or two and then maybe come home. And we were kind of talking about that thing. And, um, so I had all my mail transferred to a P.O. box like down the street oh, wow. from here. And a couple days before I was going to like fly out and check it out, just kind of show up. Um, we were driving down this road and I was getting ready to turn to go over to my P.O. box. And uh, there was a for rent sign on this building. Mm. And my ex-wife was like, hey, we should check that out, you know. And I was like, no, nah, whatever. We pull over. I, w- I mean, I was like done. Like, I'm just going to go and, you know, right. figure it out, you know. And um, we called the number and the lady that owned this building at the time um, was next door eating at the little restaurant. And oh, shit. she's like, yeah, I can show it to you. Came over here, unlocked it. We walked in. Was she tripping on you being a tattooer or she was just. We, I didn't told her at that point. And okay. so she's like, yeah, here's the building. I walked in, walked right back out. It was like gnarly in here. Like, really? It was, yeah, it was bad. Um, what it used to be. Originally, it was the first doctor's office ever in Prescott. Oh, shit. And that dude worked his whole career. Like, I don't it was like 40 or 50 years. And then um, the first, like, big dental office that there was in Prescott moved in after that guy retired. Mm. And then once he retired, it just stayed vacant. Like, it popped up. It had been like a little bead shop for like six months. And then it was like a food bank. It was a couple, like, random little wow, things. Yeah. And, um, but it had been vacant for like three years. Mm. So people had broken in here and like slept in here. There was, there was carpet all over the whole place and it was like moldy and there was mold on the walls. It was bad. And so I told her I was looking to open a tattoo shop. She's like, yeah, that's cool. Like her, her, at that time it was her and her aunt that that were like running this thing. And, um, she was like, yeah, that's cool. Like we'd love to have you. And I was like, this will never work. This place literally needs like of how bad the situation she knew. Yeah, Yeah. She knew. And um, I was like, you literally need like a hazmat crew to come in here and like gut this place. Like it's, there's no freaking way this could ever work as a tattoo shop. And um, she's like, well, what do you think it would take? And I was like, we got to rip out this wall. We got to rip out this carpet. We got to rip out like all this stuff. Everything has to be cleaned. Who knows what's in the attic? Like, I mean, you have to go through this whole thing. She's like, well, if you want it, let me know what it costs. Keep in contact. Cool. When it's done, Hmm. then you can start paying rent. Oh, so just and deduct off of what? She literally paid for almost all the renovations. So Damn, that's yeah. smart. So 
that same time here as well yeah yeah (laughs) so at the same time um i was freaking out i had talked to brian everett um through carl and carl Mm -hmm. had told me he's like hey i told him what happened i was like freaking out because i didn't you know i wasn't prepared for a move i wasn't you know i didn't have money to like move a tattoo shop or build another tattoo shop or you know like i i wasn't prepared for that and um i talked to him and he was like hey national has the colonel todd fund or whatever um i think it was colonel todd fund and he's like that helps disasters things you know families or whatever you remember national like call him so i called brian told him what happened brian's like how much do you need um i was like i don't know like i don't i don't know what like i don't have a building i don't have anything the day that lady told me um you know, she would help with the renovations, like getting the building up to, you know, not even like building a tattoo shop, but like getting the building to where we could be in here. Um, that same day I went, I ended up going to the PO box and there was a check from Brian Everett, um, that he had given me and he was just like, pay it forward someday when Whoa. you can pay it forward. Like it's not a loan, it's not a whatever, just pay it forward. And so I took that money, built this place and like opened in like two weeks. Like, really? Like, yeah. How long were the renovations? Well, like, well, the, the re- so the renovation of the building was like two months. Okay, yeah. Still, like, it's very fast. Like, yeah. literally, had to. It was so bad. <clears throat> like, I wouldn't even come in here. It was, it was bad. Right. And but that lady paid for everything. She put like air filtration system in here. She put Fuck, new heating yeah. and air conditioning. Where do they she have put money? It, what are they doing? The families owned this block. Oh shit! Okay. Forever. Right. I, I, I don't know how long, but like for years and years and years. Mm. And so she was like how long of a lease do you want? I'm like, long, you know, I negotiated the same lease I had at the other end of Gurley. I was like, this is what I'm paying. This is how long I had it for. She was like, cool. She was just happy to find somebody that's going to sign a lease that's going to stay for a long time. Right. She fronted a lot of money for me to be here, you know, but, and she was awesome. Like scored. Yeah. Super scored, especially being, you know, on the main road. Same, yeah. Same roads that I was on. Yeah. Um, and then, Brian's check helped put everything like yeah. back together yeah, and it kind of just all fell into place, you know, that's amazing. But I was literally on my way to go like sort out a deal with Mundo, you know, like right. we we're talking about like I'll stay in a hotel for two weeks. Had and, you ever considered going to work for catfish out in the desert? Was he was, out in the desert back then as well? He's in 29 Palms. So he's yeah. always been in 29 Palms. Yeah. For as long as I've known him. Damn. Um, yeah. He's had, he had realistic there for. Wow. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I don't think, yeah, he doesn't own Realistic anymore. He sold it to Ron. Okay. Um, but yeah. Where was he at before? Did he work on the Pike or anything like that? Or is he always out Well, he desert? worked for Fat George, and then he okay. worked at the Pike. Um, he worked at, I don't remember where he worked. Where about the desert? Just the military base? Yeah, in 29 Palm, yeah, the that's, yeah. that's where it's at, you know. Yeah. Same thing, when the troops are there, the money's there. Like, I've never seen that shop. I mean, I was wanting to go, but it's like, I don't know the likelihood of him being there. I'd love to meet him someday. Yeah, he's he's in a pretty amazing dude. Like, he's definitely, yeah, he's a good dude. It's kind of elusive. I've always missed him. I almost met him. Well, no, he was he was at the same convention as me, and he supposedly had a booth. It was the Laughlin River Run oh, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And he had a booth there to sell machines, but he wasn't at the booth all weekend. And apparently he showed up as a Friday, Saturday, Sunday gig, and he showed up on Saturday, and he didn't even go to his booth. He just showed up with his briefcase Walked to every booth, sold the machines, and then just left. Yeah. And I, I was didn't come by my booth, or I, I don't know. I would have. I really, really wanted one of those like three piece, like nickel plated or chrome looking yeah, machines. Yeah. Like, 
Those things are fucking cool. Little Jim Dandies, man. Yeah, they're cool. Lots of those. Lots of those. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my best, uh, my really good friend, Zach, he uh, tattooed my chest with one of those. And it's just like such a cool machine. They're cool. I have one that I've used since uh, 90. They're so clever the way they put together. It's so unique. The one I use consistently, I've used since 2000. That's right. He, he, I don't remember if that one got changed. Is he still tattooing at all or is he just doing machines? He still tattoos. Um I guess pretty sporadically, like every right. once in a while he'll go in and, you know, I don't know what kind of deal he has at the shop or what right. Ron has, or if he just goes in and tattoos. I've seen it on Instagram. Like he has an Instagram now. I actually, I just posted. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. Catfish oh, Carl 51 or 29. Okay. I don't remember. Um, I just posted a painting he gave me or a drawing. I took a picture of him, put a, just posted it and uh, it was like 20 years, you know, he painted or he drew it in 20, 2000. And I was like, almost 20 years later, this thing's still cool. And yeah, he just commented on it, you know. He's That's like, yeah, cool. That so he's cool, actually like know. using the Yeah, he's on it. That's cool. He has like 500 followers or something on there. But Fuck. yeah, people, people need to go follow him. He, Whatever he his like, name he, is, we'll figure it out and we'll write yeah, it really cool. big across our faces. I, yeah, shout it out. We need to like uh, get him out there. It is. I just, just post, literally just posted something of his. He's got a super, yeah, he's just like, see what it is. Yeah, Catfish Carl 51. Rad. Um, I don't know my phone's that. Yeah, he I'm totally. I'm follow it too. He totally, uh, he commented back. He's posting like cool pictures and like, he's got a lot of cool stuff on there. Yeah, I'm going to give him the follow too. Old drawings and stuff. Like he's starting to use it. It looks like he's starting to use it. The last thing he posted was what, six days ago? That's not bad. Yeah, because yeah, I don't. Him. If I don't follow him right now, I'll forget. Yeah, so this is Catfish Carl. Follow on Instagram. Yeah, quick yeah. break. Not MTV Catfish. No. <laughs> so with you and your collection, like the tattoo museum and stuff, were you always? I mean, it's not like you're always collecting right out the gate. You're going to buy and flash and just get what you can. Always, yeah, yeah. So yeah, because that's because I feel like I feel like I've kind of. Me, you know, like I'm also a tattoo nerd, but I came in at a time where you and the other tattoo nerds already have everything. And so it's so yes. fucking hard for me to get my hands there's on so anything. Much more, there's so much cool there's stuff. There's only so much stuff. Well, I think so. I, I think without, I definitely think I knew like my ability right. isn't like anywhere near the realm of what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so buying flash made sense. Like I'll just tattoo everybody else's designs. Like I'll just right. buy all the flash. The hard work's done, you know? So I thought, um, yeah. but it was cool. Like I could, you know, buy all this cool stuff, hang it up. People were like, yeah, and the oh, more designs, know, the more there's a picture. Yeah, people was, aren't coming in their phones at that point. You know? Yeah. They there, were, yeah, there was they don't like that. They don't that get tattooed. That stuff didn't exist. Right. So, yeah. Had was, that flash. It, yeah. You had to have cool stuff. And, um, yeah, you just get new sheets or new sets or new whatever and then put it on the wall to tattoo it. Right. Like, oh, I've tattooed that eagle ten times. Like, you know, repetition, and then you start getting better, better, better. Absolutely. And, you know, Before things, you know, you draw your own eagle. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of that's how it worked for me. But um, Carl, we had talked, like, really early, and he was telling me, like, the stuff in the 80s. Like, at that time, it was, like, people 
now everybody's trying to collect everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter how old it is, whatever. Now the eighties stuff is like hot, you know? Yeah. Um, Especially my generation too, because everyone just looks at like 10 years before they were born and that's the era. Yeah. 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 And so I was trying to get, I'd had cool, like for the time, cool stuff. Now you look back, you're like, it's cool just because it's cool. But um, I would get like all this stuff and Carl was like, collect it all. Like keep everything, like business cards, keep it. You know, I'd met Lyle. I love that he valued um, that. That's so cool. He was cool. like, keep everything. He would tell me, like, they would throw stuff away at the pike and he would dig it out of the dumpster and take but it did home. He, was he just a hoarder or did he have a, like a, did he have an idea that this was going to be something down the road or is it just he just valued it? I think he just valued it. At that, I don't, I don't know. Um, I know he has. Because it makes sense hearing that now, but how could he know what he knows now? I don't know, then? but he was like, don't throw anything away, like, collect everything. Yeah. And then, um, and that was early, early in our conversations. He was like, collect everything. And so I kept keeping all this stuff and buying things, buying mm-hmm. machines, buying, you know, I'd find things also didn't cost what they do now. Now right. you see like a machine going for 3,500 bucks, 5,500 bucks, you know, you could get them for like 300 bucks. Yeah. Know? It was crazy. So I'm like eyeballing Owen Jensen on eBay right now. It's oh. been at, it's been at 2,400 bucks for like six months and it's not moving. It's not, it's just where he wants to start it at. And that's where it could go to. But he's want, he knows the value, and that's the problem, you know. And I'm yeah, I'm still looking at it, but it's it's not it's a little far. Yeah, there's one on eBay right now. It's at fifty five hundred. It's a Who's guy in this one? town. He's he's selling one. Um, he just sold one for forty eight hundred. Damn, you know? dude. But um, it's just gonna sit. Yeah. Oof. I mean, sold the other one three days. But, That's cool. But I, I kept like everything and then just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then I would get stuff from him or things like that. And then I, I scored um, early two, early 2000s. I scored a huge chunk of the Colonel Todd collection. Yeah. Like huge. And that's what really like sprung it. Mm. Like when I scored that. Um, How'd you acquire that? I, um, that same Denver convention, I was coming back. I went through, um, New Mexico. I stopped at a little town, Grants, New Mexico, like tiny little town. Mm. There's nothing there still. Um, was driving down the main street, stopped at McDonald's. There was like a McDonald's there. And I looked back down the street and there was this little tattoo sign. And I was all like fired up from Denver convention and, you know, like, yeah, go check out stuff. Walk in this tiny little tattoo shop. There's a fireplace right in the middle of it. Hmm. All carpet. Place was disgusting. This is like a little house. It was bad. Yeah. It was bad. Um, stop in there. And uh, I remember it was this dude, uh, uh, Arthur Sanchez. His hmm. name was Arthur Sanchez. They called him Tootie. <laughs> this Indian dude. And I walked in and was talking to him. And he offered me a Vicodin and uh, <laughs> a Vicodin and V V8. Fuck. I was, was walking all weird because from driving, you know, my, my back hurt and stuff. And he's like, hey, you want a Vicodin and a V8? And opened up opened up the refrigerator, pulled out a V8 can. Go-to. Took out a thing of pills, like put it in his mouth, chewed it up, swallowed it. And I was like, no, I'm cool, man. I need that. And uh, I started looking around his shop and there was all these 16 by 20 boards Whoa. everywhere in his shop. Are those the boards we were looking through or no? So, a few of those are, are, cool. are from there. Cool. Very cool. There was piles of them. Yeah. In this shop. Like they were everywhere. There were some on the floor. People had walked on them. They were behind what? a display case. They were walking. Them. There were some like 
it was crazy because he had like the super old like biker looking stuff on the walls like the ones with the swazis and like all mm-hmm. you know like he had the crazy stuff that was on the walls right next to like photocopied flash and like old stuff and so i started talking to him i hung out with him for like an hour I was like hey where'd you get this and he's like oh this guy comes by every once in a while he needs money for drugs i think trades me 20 bucks and gives me a pile of them he goes Whoa. i think they're like cool well, I knew what they were. Yeah. Was it just about, like Spalling Roger, like the national, just like, was it originals or was it like. Oh, yeah. It's ori- like was in production like, stuff. Yeah. There okay. was like hand, like the ones on the wall in there. Right. Okay. The ones that some of those are from there too. Yeah. And um, so I spotted it. It was like, holy crap. Give me you that know, guy's like, number. What do you got? You know? Yeah. And um, he's like, oh, I got this and I got a couple tubs in the back and this and that. And starts pulling some stuff out. And I said, did well, he, did he know what it was? Why no, was he, he had no idea. No really? idea. No idea. So, um, at all had no idea. He just knew it was just like tattoo stuff. Like, you know, this this place was gnarly. Like it was bad. And, um, so I was like, Hey, do you want to sell any of this stuff? You know? And he's like, well, what do you, what do you got to trade? And at that time I just had my personal machines on me. Oh, that's right. And, um, yeah. And so I traded him a machine. I was like, how much do you want for like this, these stacks? And I, so I had driven my suburban to Denver. Right. And he was like, well, what do you got? You know, got a machine or whatever. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I have my personal machines, you know, I my personal, I'll trade you my personal liner, you know? Whoa. Cool. And he's like, all right, cool, man, go get it. So I brought it in, gave it to him and he had some stacks. And so I took those stacks and I was putting in my suburban and I turned around and he's coming out with like more stacks and more stacks. You just let stacks. it go. Yeah. So I thought I was getting like a few stacks of them. He like filled the back of my suburban. Holy shit. So I gave him my card and was like, hey, have you ever come across any more of this stuff? Like, I think it's cool. I just kind of collect it, you know. Didn't, You're trying to like play it cool. Yeah, yeah. Like super cool. Yeah. Um, I got another machine, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'll totally, you know. I was right. like, we're six hours from here. I'll yeah. make the drive. So I drive all the way home, call Carl, tell him what happened, you know, what I got. Um, That's the a jackpot. next day. You hit the lottery, dude. No joke. The next day, that guy called my shop. Mm. Arthur Sanchez. Calls my shop and was like, hey. I forgot to get, I was in the back room. I forgot to give you, there's a huge Rubbermaid tote filled with stuff that I forgot to give you. So is he, if he so want to come back the, the trade was everything. He was like, I'm just gonna. Yeah. yeah. So Whoa. he's like, are you ever back over this way? Like I can be right you know, now. Give me six hours. Literally. So this is like at yeah. 1230. Mm-hmm. I lock the shop, get in my suburban, drive all the way back to New Mexico, like mm-hmm. six hours. Beeline it for New Mexico. I get there, there's this massive, one of those huge, like, Rubbermaid things. Yeah. Like, the big, like, five-footer, like, right. whatever, coffin-looking things. Yeah. There's one of those filled. Like, I get there, and he's like, yeah, this is what I forgot. I open it up, and it's all the acetates to every sheet that he gave me. Damn. Like, didn't know till I got it home. But it's filled with acetates. It had a travel kit in it. It had some original Jonesy machines. It had, like, I mean, ton, like tons of stuff in here. So... What he's the like, fuck? So who is this he's guy? like, what are you going to, what do you got for it? I think it registered to him. Like I'm going to have to trade him, you know, uh, and I was smart. I brought another machine. So I gave him another machine. He gives me this tote full yeah. of all the stuff. Plus some more sheets. He kept one. He kept one sheet. He had taken everything else off the walls that he had pinned on the walls. So I got all the sheets except for one sheet. And it was this biker sheet that had like. A swastika with like some eagle. It's like the one you don't even want. Yeah, <laughs> like it has Swazi <laughs> and like had shit. some eagle wings on it. And like that's a, probably his best seller in that town, huh? Water. Yeah, probably. So he kept that one, 
I even asked him about it. I was like, you sure I can't get that one? He's like, no, man, I'm keeping that one. But he gave me everything else. So I got home, opened it all up. Um, He had tried to wash like half the acetates, like was trying to wash them off. And the the bin was gnarly. Like it smelled like smoke and shit and like it was bad. But I pulled them all out and was like setting them across the floor of the shop and all stuff. But I scored that stuff. And then... I corresponded like via mail with him for a while, um, like every few months or every six was months. Was he I'd alone say. in the shop? Was yeah. Thing? Oh, yeah. It was just him. Like, it wasn't really even a tattoo shop. It was like a freaking living was room. Was there with like a locals? Like, who's even? Is it just biker? I think he dudes? was just. I don't. I don't know. Like, it was so bad. bizarre. It's yeah. bad. I, last time I drove through there, I stopped by. The shop's still there. The old tattoo no sign. Way. Yeah, there's a super old, faded tattoo sign right in the window. The Shit. building's all abandoned. It's all boarded up or anything. But it's still got tattoo sign? But in the front window, the glass is there, and there's still the tattoo sign there. That'd be a cool photo. And it says, it's like, Arthur moved to whatever the next town is. I can't remember. But there's another town right across the train tracks over there. I called that number. It was, wasn't connected. So I stopped at the gas station, asked about this guy. I was like, right. there was this guy tattooing where they were like, he was at the barbershop. The old Indian, you know, mm. this lady's like, yeah, there was this old Indian tattoo in the barbershop. Went over to the barbershop. They're like, no, that guy's gone. Went over to the truck stop. No, that guy. Mm. Talked to another girl. They're like, we think he just died. Whoa. The girl's like, I think that's the guy. And she was like, hey, so-and-so. Like, isn't that Arthur Sanchez, the guy that just got hit by a car and what? died or whatever? Come to find out, it wasn't him. No one knew how to find him or whatever, but some other Arthur Sanchez got hit by a car. Oh, God. Um, Man. I don't, I don't, literally like a couple days before we had gotten there. Crazy um, coincidence. Yeah, but I tried to track him down to see, like, by chance if he was still alive or still. Mm-hmm. He was kind of old, definitely yeah. strung out when I saw him, so probably not, you know. Right. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I sent him a few letters and stopped hearing from him, but I, I never knew, like, if he got more stuff or Bizarre. if he, you know. But yeah, the dude that was coming through was related to Colonel Todd. Mm. And after Todd died, kind of ransacked some stuff, took a bunch of things, ended up going to prison, got out of prison, sold some things, peddled things from what I heard through that part of New Mexico, you know, right. kind of trying to score stuff. And then uh, I guess the big score was at that shop. And that's where mm. I got the biggest chunk of the collection and after you got that then you then you have that now you're on that now you're on that then i was like on the war path like big time but again so the internet and like ebay and like all that stuff hadn't really happened still right you know um it was just rolling like it just just started rolling like at that time i had already started selling a couple machines um do you think ebay ruined collecting or made it better definitely drove the price up on everything. (laughs) I don't know if that ruined it or made it better. I don't know. Right. Um, But I was selling. Because you really had to know. It's really interesting. Yeah, it it definitely. Because you wouldn't have a way of knowing unless you knew. Well, I was selling. So I had set up a little eBay store thing. Right. It was trying to sell some machines, but it was super weird because you had to like send a message to somebody to find out if they like were actually a tattooer. Like that mm. kind of started the thing of like right. tattoo crap on the internet, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if it started it, but it was, I think it was a big thing. Like there was a lot of Chinese stuff started popping up, you know, needles mm. were still 60 bucks a box, you know, like you started being able to buy that stuff there. Right. Okay. Um, I had got a deal with um, Rich T with Bickney. 
I was carrying his um, machine kits. Mm. Like, so not even his pre made machines, but he was selling like kits. And he's like selling eBay di- or what? And he was selling, well, he would, we weren't selling on eBay. Like, I was traveling around and like had them. Okay. Like, I, yeah, and stuff. I was kind of like making needles and had a little supply company and kind of like oh, cool. super small supply company. Like, I had a couple right. of my machines, some of Rich's stuff. Um, had some tubes, like different random things. And then, uh, wasn't really like a supply company supply. You yeah, know, we were just dabbling kinda, in yeah, that world. Just kind of messing bit. with a little bit. And um yeah, this friend I had that was helping me do it listed Rich's machine kits mm. on our eBay thing. And Rich called me and was like, What are you doing? You know, he's like, I see my machine kit on there as like tattoo machine kit, blowout, blah, blah, blah. You know? Whoa. I was like, what are you talking about? He was pissed. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not selling your stuff on eBay. You know, whatever. We talked about it. Lo and behold, I was. Fuck. Like, and um, took him down, apologized to him. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Not my intention. Like, it wasn't on purpose. Like, it was a miscommunication. Like, I was trying to sell this stuff on eBay, not this stuff. Had a friend helping me. We put it all together, you know. Um was a friend who, who wasn't a tattooer? No, no. Yeah, it was. That he actually, sense. I didn't even know how to work any of that stuff. Right. Like, I didn't even know how to, like. I barely still, I don't, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, like, I didn't <laughs> know. You so... know. He was like, yeah, you got to list this three days, do this five days, do these 30 days. Like, right. he was doing all this stuff, you know. Um, I was tattooing him, and he was kind of, like, helping me okay. sell some stuff. Right. Um, and then I would just tattoo him or whatever. But, um, yeah, I hadn't, you know. I talked with Rich and was like, dude, that was not intentional. Took it right down. He ended up being cool. Um, I sold his kits for a while. Like mm. I sold those kits for a while. And then, um, and he's kind of asked that you put them in the right hands basically. Oh yeah. 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 And we, we did for sure. That's cool. Yeah. It was pretty easy to spot. Like actually, like I never really had a problem. Like I never had anybody like that you would, no, that was like i'm trying to get you know right i don't think that like really happened i think things were still kind of well i'm sure it happened right it didn't happen with us like we didn't get people calling and you know like Mm -hmm. i didn't have like a phone i had the shop number right so it was basically well i also so at that time i was selling millennium ink i had like millennium ink account and so like we would sell millennium um so i was selling to like people i knew anyway like i wasn't really I'd sell people at the shop and then like their friends that were tattooers or when I went to a show, like I would sell like little sample kits I had or whatever. It wasn't like a huge right. thing, you know? And then, um, <clears throat> I started, um, Dave at Kingpin. Um, I started talking with him, got in pretty good with him. Um, another dude that worked for Kingpin, kind of gave me the in of where they were like getting their needles manufactured and stuff. Yeah. He was like, this is kind of where we're doing this. Like you didn't hear it from me, you know, like (laughs) I was like, really, you know? And he's like, yeah. And kind of gave me the lowdown. Um, the same time Kingpin was having some issues with another tattooer for like a machine fraud thing. And like, there was all this stuff. And so I was kind of like, well, do I take this info and run with it or, you know, right. I knew it wasn't like really like something like that couldn't happen because it was basically, I was just like going around to a different supplier, you know, kind of thing. Right. Um, 
but I kind of got in with Dave a little bit and like they were just coming out with their production machines. They would send me like some production kits. I would kind of build them, let them know what I thought. We'd talk over the phone. I was like, Hey, I wouldn't bend the machine or bend the spring like this, you know, whatever. Right. We kind of didn't, I didn't really have like a hand in any of that. It was just kind of conversations and, um, kind of got the in with who they were getting their needles from. Mm. It was like, Oh, this is cool. Same time the bubble popped. Then China came in and took over all the needles, took over all the, you know, like everything. So, you know, needle prices went from like 50, 60 bucks to 40 bucks, 30 bucks. Now what? I don't know what they are. I don't know. Yeah, it's, you know, it's 20 changed. Buy, 20 yeah. bucks, 18 bucks, 20 bucks. They're um, like gray Chinese boat metal. You yeah, yeah. It's like, right in the old. It's, it's like, like, what the gnarly. fuck is this? Um, so, yeah, that whole thing. So, when that happened, it was like, I don't want to mess with anybody else's stuff. So, it happened pretty quick. So, like, making needles days to manufacture needles, that happened, like, really, really fast. Really quick. Really fast. We started making, well, we were making the needles. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of needles. Yeah. And then... Um, this kid I was working with, um, he was making a crazy amount of needles, ended up selling them to somebody else. I started doing my own thing, selling my things, and he was selling his. And then, like, it, it just went. Like, the, the bubble popped. Right. And um, so I was like, well, this sucks. I'll just pedal my machines. And then so I would just build machines very, like, few you know, right. when I traveled, most of the time I would trade it to somebody or, you know, like yeah. I would trade a machine for flash sets. Like, I, right. yeah, like it, I didn't care, you know, right. I would just be like, that's cool. Like I want that in my shop. Like I would trade it, you know, right. Absolutely. I traded one dude for like a super old Aaron Bell, like poster and oh. like five sheets of flash or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there was another dude. Um, oh man the best flash sheet I've ever had hung. <laughs> oh gosh. What is it? I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, oh man. I can't remember his name, but there's a butterfly on that flash sheet that no joke. I tattooed that butterfly more than anything in my whole, that shop was floor to ceiling flash. Every girl that came in there pointed at that freaking that butterfly. The By the time I moved that shop, we could tattoo that butterfly. Like, didn't even need to stencil it. You just tattooed it. Bird box challenge. Like, you literally just tattooed that thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, gosh, who painted it? The sheet was genius. It was, like, it was perfect. And right. In a weird, totally weird way, it just right. worked. But I traded this guy for that sheet, an Aaron Bell poster, and, like, something. Sounds like it was Aaron, a good trade on your end. And ended up making way more than I ever would have oh, if yeah. I sold a machine. And, um, yeah, so I just sold my machines. I did that for a while. And then in 2000, um, I don't even remember what year I have literally have a painting that has the date on it when it started, when the machine company started, it started in, I don't know. Let me look yeah. Go and take a peek at it. Yeah. It was started in, this is the faithful irons. Yeah. Two thousand thirteen. So in two thousand thirteen, so I'd been building machines the whole time, like this whole time. Right. 
And then I would build these machines. I started um, engraving them, kind of doing the stuff. I started working with this engraver, um, phenomenal engraver. She taught me how to engrave. Um, I worked with her for like a year. I'd go in in the mornings and like help her out in her shop. And she That's cool. taught me how to engrave. I t- did all that stuff. She's just like a jeweler? Or? She's a gunsmith. She's oh. actually, yeah, she's a super famous gunsmith. She She's the only gunsmith that has firearms in the Smithsonian. Whoa. Yeah, she's phenomenal. And uh, she's part of the Masters Engravers Guild. Um, I met her in passing. We hit it off. It's like a little mini like apprenticeship. Yeah, we became super good friends. And I would go and watch her, just checking her out. And then while I was there, I'd just be like, grab a broom and be like, oh. And I was just we I just we just became friends. That's cool. She asked me one day if I wanted to learn engrave. I was like, yeah, it'd be cool. Like I don't think I ever want to do it, but that'd be cool to learn. So I worked with her for a year. I would go in and kind of like sweep up her shop, hang out. We would talk she'd give me patterns be like hey go draw this i'd bring it back she's like this is backwards blah blah this curve okay it was super easy to figure out how to draw you know the patterns that Mm -hmm. she was like showing me Mm -hmm. i was like oh i can duplicate that like duplicating yeah you just duplicate so i was doing that um started engraving machines she did the first ones for me i would send people actually send people to her Mm -hmm. like oh they would see this stuff and like hey check this out um they're like, where'd you have that done? I was like, oh, this is where. And so I'd introduce her and, you know, she would engrave a machine for him. Ended up, then I started engraving them. Um, and then um, had never really done anything with it. Just mm-hmm. kind of like built machines. Right. Like I liked it. Like I just liked doing it. Like I didn't do it all the time. I didn't, I just liked it. And um, probably more than most of them were probably turds. I don't know, you know, right. I tattooed with them, but. That doesn't mean anything. You know? Right. Um, so I tattooed with him. I had a guy, Kong, was working for me or with me. And um, I made him some machines. Um, we were like super good friends. He's like, why don't you do something with this? Like make a machine company. You know, everybody's making a machine company. And at that, everybody was, you know, everybody yeah. still is now. Right. Um, and I was like, I don't know what to call it, this and that, you know, like if I, I was still kind of like, I don't know, you know, he's like, do it, man, do it. Like he was all like the machine company literally was his idea. Right. Like, these things are good. You could totally sell a bunch of these, this and that. I was just like, oh, okay. That might be cool. Like it wasn't really like a thing, you know, I was just right. like, all right, whatever. He shows up with this painting and like, he's like, you should call it faithful irons. That's like, cool. You know, and like made me that painting that's on the wall. Right. And, um, Brought me that, had one of my machines on it, and um, that's how it started. Like it, it literally was a conversation right. and a painting that he did, and mm. that was the name. It just did. Opened a website, put some sings on there, started slinging more at conventions. It got huge. Whoa. Real fast. Like it went from huge for one person. Yeah. Like for, for me. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it was huge, but for me it was. Big. Yeah, you making them. Um, I went from anything more than a few is huge. Yeah, I did, it, it got crazy. It went from like one or two every couple months mm-hmm. to like thirty a month. Wow! Like, and for me, that's I was. And you like, gotta run them and make sure that thirty are running, sucked. and and you don't have time to tattoo because you're making thirty machines. It sucked. Like it would suck. Like I would tattoo during the day, go home, build. Are you casting or, those frames? Are you cutting them? What are you doing? At that time, I was, yeah, just doing braze ups, three piece or bolt up 
okay, machines yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I built on a bunch of like spalding frames. Built right. like I was just like whatever I get my hands on. Yeah, you yeah, pump them out. When you I was have... trading with other builders. Like I would get different things and side plates and stuff like that. You know, um, just literally figuring out. Like it happened so fast. Like it didn't. Like people, I don't, I don't know what happened. It just did it. Do you think like, just all that traveling around, you always kind of having a machine here and there, and then now that you have a name and a platform, and this is where they are, those people kind of. I think, yeah, I think some of the circles it did. I think the literally the biggest push for that company was Kong. Hmm. He, um, he was like super outspoken and like knew a different circle of people that I knew and like helped pump them, you know, right. and got those things rolling. And then like, he would talk to like this person, this person would call me. I knew this guy, you know, blah, blah. and it just kind of snowballed, but it happened really fast. Like, right. it, like really, really fast. And I went from, you know, making a couple machines here and there for fun to like, this is a freaking job. Like wow. it was, it was cool, but I, it was terrible. Once it gets successful, it kind of kills the fun in it. You know, I, I mean? It became work like yeah. real quick. I'm that way. And I, I almost, I enjoy the process more than the product of the process. Like building a shop more than like just sitting around and having it. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Oh yeah. 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 Cause you're like, no, I did it now. <laughs> yeah. You feel whatever. topped yeah. out. Yeah. So we, we built, I built so many machines and then, um, well, so many for me, like I guess production guys or whatever, right. um, are doing way more than that. I don't know. Um, and I got to where I did a, um, I run with um, a machinist. I ended up doing a production run mm. and I ran 60 machines, finished that run. It was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. That was. And it's way beyond your means at that point. You don't know what you're selling. It was like crazy. Like the frames were awesome. He's an amazing machinist. Well, that turns into 120 or 240, then how faithful are those irons when you just, Dude, it, <laughs> just pumping them got out? got to where it was like terrible. Right. Um, like I was, I ran them all, you know, I didn't tattoo with them all, but I, they were all ran for hours and then, you know, I'd yeah, load them know, up I mean, and still like I knew what they, you know, you still got to mess with them. And, and you know, it yeah. went from like, yeah, actually like using the sink for like two weeks to like now, holy crap, I got Use like 10 people waiting, or, you know, or hanging off the clipboard for five hours. Yeah, I'd right, hang cool, it and then, it you know, I'd needle you know. it up, run it, you know, uh-huh. have a way I check them and I'd run them and make sure everything was good. And, you know, it got to where the last ones, like people would get them, tattoo with them a couple times and they'd call me, hey, broke a spring. Hey, bro, you know, and I had like a few, more than a few calls of that happening. It was like, I can't keep up with this. Yeah, fuck this. I'm getting to where I was just too big for myself trying to just fill oh, yeah. orders. You know, it was like, oh, you're getting. And at that point, you have bucks, to, you at know? that point, you have to outsource it. And then it's even worse at that point. You know? Yeah. And I didn't want to be, you know, I already yeah. I owned a shop. You know, I owned, like, I was like, this is, I didn't even ever even want this. It was cool yeah. that it happened. Like, at this super, point, did you have the couple shops? You had the, or was it just this spot at that point? The tail end of it, I had the Phoenix shop as well. Yeah. Um, and was working in Flagstaff. Right. And so, um, super grateful it happened, you know, but I didn't like it. I was so unhappy. So I knew like when that production thing ended, I wasn't going to do it again. Right. I was like, um, I'm going to stop this thing. Like literally stop. When's that like, time you built a machine? Like six months ago. Okay. I built some, um, well, the last machines I built were in, 
yeah, June, last okay. June. I built the machines for uh, the Prescott Convention. Oh, cool. The Northern Arizona Tattoo Fest. I think I saw you post that. Yeah, those <laughs> are the last machines. Well, yeah. not the last machine. They're like for awards or whatever? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, do I those saw every those. year. Um, amazing convention. But I, um, yeah, I was doing, so I was also on top of all that, I had a lot of conventions that I were doing the convention prizes for. Mm. So I was doing like machine sales, conventions every month that were giving away three to five machines every convention, right. which those, you know, like I'm styling those things out, which takes a long time to do. Right. I'm trying to do something cool for trying to, you know, trying to do something cool mm-hmm. for the convention and myself, you know, people are getting, winning these. I don't want to sell turds, you know, or give them turds. So I was just like, this sucks. So backed it way down. Um, some doors closed with all of that. Things happened. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. You know, the same time, you know, my life and relationship status changed. I was also in a pretty bad accident. Was out of the shop for like a year. Um, yeah, I was at home for like almost a solid year. Damn. Um, so I wasn't involved with the shop, no machines, no need for a solid year. And How just that. Um, Especially that's like all you knew. Your adult life is. Just... I think it was. I think I was just dealing with like more stuff. Like I didn't really. I missed being in the tattoo shop, but yeah. I didn't, I was dealing with like, so other, like more mental things. Like mm-hmm. it was more like, I got to figure myself out versus like, I still like ran the shop. You like I'd still come time. down, but I got like crazy anxiety through after that accident. And I couldn't be here when there's a lot of people here. And then when I would come down, like we'd have conversations, I wouldn't remember it. Like, I mean, I was like, traumatized and, um, so I just would like take off and like come down here at night, you know, and every once in a while I'd paint or draw or something, spend some time here, do the books, do, you know, like order, make sure they always had stuff, tried to take care of everybody as best I could. But I wasn't able to be like a tattooer. Like I wasn't able to, I don't think I was really able to be like much of anything during that time. Like ended up going through some therapy stuff and my, I had an amazing doctor that helped me through that whole thing. Like, knew you know he spotted it like hey wow. you got to go talk to somebody like this is what's going on like that accident messed you up like yeah. just go talk to somebody you know and did and went and uh, like worked it out and like when it was all done it was like oh like you were right like something happened so like everything it. Yeah. like everything kind of like prior to that kind of fell apart mm. like definitely learned who my friends were definitely learned who wasn't um Lost some amazing friends, people I'd still call friends, um, you know, lost, lost some relationships in that, whether it was my fault, their father, well, you know, whatever. Like I just wasn't able to yeah, give, you know, what you need to do, I guess, or should be able to do. So I, I wasn't able to do that. So yeah, lost, lost a lot of that, that stuff during that time and just focused on myself, you know, and just kind of figured out what was important and whatever, and then came back. And now machine wise, it's kind of turned into like a fun thing that's what it you should know? be i just built so like six, your tools so yeah yeah and like june i built those for that for that convention and then um i've built like three or four since like right. when i had time it was like oh today like let's go wind some coils yeah know? um just set up with a shop they want to do more a little special because like you're sharing it with the people you want to share with you're giving it to this person you're yeah, selling it to cool. your friend it's that award you know and it's like 
the love is put into each one. Yeah, and I'm going to work with them. And I'm going in a couple weeks to do like a miniature like machine seminar at the shop in two weeks. And we're going to, in a couple weeks, and we're going to go, he has an apprentice there. um, And he's like, hey, do you want to come? build machines with us you know that's I was like cool. yeah man so i'm gonna put together like little kits and we're just gonna go like not really build music but like more assemble machines yeah, like, yeah, yeah we're gonna cut springs we're gonna you know kind of like put the whole thing together yeah and um i think i, I yeah i like doing stuff like that like i don't want to be i never wanted it to be a job it just did it like right. it just i don't i don't know how it happened but it it's wouldn't have happened of being good at something. i'm glad it did like it was super cool it's it helped like it was obviously it was great right um but yeah, it just happened. Like it was, it literally wasn't my idea. It was a hundred percent like Kong's idea. Like mm-hmm. it, it was, he was just like, yeah, dude, you got to do this, man. It'll take off. And it did. Yeah. Who, who knows how it just did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was cool. And I think the engraving stuff too, at the, at that time, um, who, who was engraving, uh, Todd Valti right. was engraving. It was and, right and, timing and, too. And, uh, I know. Dan Dringenberg. Yeah. Um, but they weren't really, I kind of, I don't know. I didn't beat them, those two guys, to anything. Like, they're sick. Like, those dudes are yeah. sick. But I think I took advantage of, like, the social media. That was, like, the one time in my career I've taken advantage of social media. <laughs> Literally, I think that's what got it. Yeah. Um, because Instagram was starting to blow up. Right. About the time, like, I started putting out, like, engraved machines. That's around the time, like, yeah, that's that's around the time I started tattooing. It's, like, that's a big boom in tattooing and Yeah, Instagram started going, going like, it's it started pushing a lot of stuff. Constantly so, updated tattoo magazine on your phone. You know? Yeah, and so I put, I put some stuff on Instagram, and that did it, like, yeah. for the engraving stuff. And I don't know if Dan or Todd were doing anything at that time. At that time, they were, like, the go-to, you know, right. still are. They Absolutely. still are. People still know those names. They still know, you know, whatever. If you've seen like my stuff, you kind of know. But they they were huge, way longer than or yeah. before me, way way bigger. Um, both super rad dudes. They're, yeah, they're awesome. But um, yeah. So I think I think social media is what exploded my thing. And Makes Kong, sense. like he, dude, that guy told everybody about like everything. Yeah, like he, he was selling like that dude would sell. He would, he'd call somebody, and that so whoever it was would call like two days later and order a machine every time. Shit. I don't know how, but he he peddled a lot of machines for me. Yeah, um, and just as a friend, he was just you know like I'd give him a machine or whatever, right? Him, you know, so but yeah, that was uh that's how it happened. That's how the machine thing happened. It's crazy, but I don't know. They did it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't want to do that again. So you're still pretty burnt on travel or are you starting to hit it hard again? What are you doing with that? I, um, I stayed, you know, you're saying you're thinking about going to Malta and you got, yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, we have some travel plans, but I, you know, I'm getting burnt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little, it's so fun, but I want, yeah. Yeah. And lately I never really want to do the trip, but I'm always happy I did it. But then I always want to be home while I'm there. But then when I'm home, I always miss being gone. And then when I'm gone, I always miss being home. And now it seems like this, like, a lot more difficult, more of a tug of war. I want this year to be the year that I really travel hard. And I'm hoping that that means next year is the year I kick back. But 
I'm leaning more towards wanting this to be the year I kick back, but then I don't know if I'll ever kick back. And that's my problem. Like I, you know, when I got, I literally got ran over by a car. Yeah. And that's what stopped. That would that when that happened, that's what stopped my whole everything. Right. I went from. How'd you get hit? It was weird. It was like this weird road rage thing. This guy was drunk. I just happened to be the guy he ran down with his. Really? Suburban. Yeah. It was a super crazy thing. Whew. It wasn't like I mean he got charged with attempted murder. Went to prison. He's still in prison. Yeah. Um, but it was. But just, he like just see you and veer like Grand Theft Auto for you. Just... No, he bumped me at a stoplight, <laughs> and I was with my my youngest son, and uh, I was like, I think we just got ran into. Like he didn't even hit me. Like we were just at a stoplight, and he just like rolled into my car. Okay. I got out, was like, hey, I think you hit me. He was like, no, I didn't. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure we're touching. Like, it was on Christmas Eve. I was literally going home to have Christmas Eve with my oh sons. Oh, my God. Um, and uh, was like, no, I think so. I was like, dude, it's Christmas Eve. Just, like, get out. Let's swap insurance information. Call it good. I don't even think there's a scratch. I don't think. But just in case, like, let's not deal with this tonight. I talked to him. He got belligerent with me. Got out. Got tough guy. Took his shirt off. I was like, you don't want to do this. I'm telling you, you don't want to do this. I don't want to do this right now. My kid's in the car. And then he'd back down. And then he got more irate. And I think the longer we were there, the more drunk he was getting. He was, mm. like, wasted drunk. Um, I dialed 911, took some pictures. When I took the pictures, he flipped. Like, he snapped. Jumped in a Suburban, said he was going to kill me. By then, there was already people, like, pulling over and seeing what was going on. There's two dudes in the middle of the road, you know. Um, he's like, you're dead. Before I knew it, he jumped in a Suburban, put it in reverse pulled forward and ran me down and then drugged me for like a block underneath the suburban. Do you have time to jump out of the way? It was just happening. He so hit quick. me and knocked me into like he pulled out and hit me into the street. Yeah. And then floored it over me. So he kind of clipped my right hip. How old's your kid with fell. you at the time? My kid was thirteen. Fuck. No, my kid was twelve. He was twelve. So he knew what was going oh, down. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he hit me and then the guy drove over me and it was just rear tires and so I grabbed onto the running board. So the rear wheel was going like between my legs Whoa. and uh, yeah, I grabbed on the running board and was like, if I let go, like he's going to drive right through me, drove, he hit a curb, ejected me back across the street about the same time the first officer was responding. And then he ended up like putting his suburban into the side of a car wash and that's how they caught him. Um, was this local? Yeah. Yeah. It was here. And so, um, yeah, it literally like the dude didn't even know he like, when they arrested him, he's like, what are you arresting me for? I'm just here to get, I'm going to the store to get milk. Like he was, to, he was so wasted. So did you say like severe PTSD when you're recovering? It was from gnarly. That? Yeah, it was yeah. bad, but I didn't know that's what was going on. Like I was just like, I didn't know if I was like you mad or depressed. Or like no. I didn't know what was yeah. up. Like it was weird. Um, How was your kid? He was pretty messed up. Like he had a hard time sleeping. He, he didn't handle that well. Like he's, yeah. Yeah, and he's a good dude, but he, yeah, he didn't do well. And then, my other, so my ex-wife and my oldest son pulled mm -hmm. up right before I got ran over. So mm -hmm. they were at the same intersection. They were following oh, me home. Man. We were at her mom's house. They were following me home to, to our house. problems. Everyone has to fucking see it. And so, yeah. And so they watched it happen. Oh, man. So my younger son saw me get run over. They watched the whole thing from behind. And so, yeah, it was, it was like a whole fiasco thing. Yeah. And yeah. then, um, yeah, but it was, it was bad. Like it like anxiety and depression and you know, all the right. stuff, you know, that happened. But when that happened, so everything stopped like traveling, tra like I had just gotten back from 
uh, I was in Pittsburgh and New Jersey and um, Baltimore um, or Maryland. I was all over in Maryland. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd kind of done this big trip and that like stopped everything. Like maybe I was like home mm. and um, that weirded me out too. Like I hadn't been home like in a straight amount of time, you know, like I hadn't really, right. I'd always gone, like been gone, you know, right. for like three or four days and then home, like being a dad and like, running a tattoo shop and then like next convention or next guest spot, you know, go, go, go. And so when I didn't have that, I was just like, what is going on? Right. And also, I mean, I like, I'm sure I definitely upset the flow of my home, you know, too, because that was normal for them too. You right. know, like, this is our schedule. This is, and now I'm just like this dude there all the time. Like what's right. going on? So it definitely like overturned like everything ended up. That was like the precursor to my divorce. Everything kind of unraveled from there. Um, spent like a year, you know, doing therapy, going to doctors, trying to get my health back in, you know, different yeah, surgeries, so did therapy, and doing all that stuff. Yeah. It was huge. Like yeah. my doctor was the one, my ex-wife kind of, she, had mentioned it and this and that. And of course, like for me, there wasn't a problem. There wasn't anything like, you know, whatever. I just didn't, in my brain, like it didn't compute that there was like right. serious damage done. Not like, yeah, you take care of your health. You got to take care of your mental yeah, health. Like I didn't, it didn't, it didn't click. And, um, my doctor became like a really good friend of mine. Like he's, a, he's a good dude. That's awesome. And, um, we were just talking one day, he gave me a cell number. He was like, dude, if you ever feel like whatever, call me, you know? And I did. He's like, you need to go talk to somebody. And so I went kind of like half-assed, went, went to a couple appointments, like three, four. And then it's, things started clicking, the things she was like talking to me about. And like, I started feeling better, even like in just the first few things of speaking with her, it was like, oh, <laughs> like I got some stuff going on. And wow. then ended up dealing with like, it was crazy. And not only like the accent stuff, but then like started learning about myself and like why I think the way I do or why right. I react or what, you know I mean? There was all these things that, you know, in that process that you learn of like, oh man, like. A lot of self-growth right you know, there. Done some pretty shitty things. Like probably should deal with that or not so shitty things. And like, was treated this way. You, you just end up dealing with like all everything. And I, so I figured like, if I'm coming, I'm going to throw it all out there. Yeah. Like you're going to get it all. Like if yeah. I'm going to come and do this, like just get it all and be cool. Yeah. And so, yeah, the therapist I worked with was awesome. Worked with her. And then, um, yeah, I finished that and then started doing, I did a couple conventions and then of course that did the bug again. Right you know, back in. It was like, <laughs> I'm like, pretty, yeah, it's pretty short is, stint it's away like, too. This is what I, it's not was, long to be away. Yeah. I was like a year. It was just, over, it was about a year and a half. And then, so this last I mean, I went through divorce, um, and then, and I stayed close to home during that, you know, right. I'd be around for my kids and things and the shop and had some turnover at the shop, going through divorce, moving new home, new, yeah. you know, like everything kind of like changed. Um, so it definitely wasn't like appropriate for me. I don't know. Maybe it was, I don't know, but I just, I just felt like I need to be here. Right. So I stayed and then started doing a couple of trips and was like, that makes me super happy. Right. Like as exhausting as traveling is, right. it's freaking cool. Yeah. Like just going somewhere. And even if you're like getting a drink at a different gas it station, it kind of feels like cool. irresponsible to not take advantage of being able to be irresponsible and, and go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's like, yeah, even, like even if you don't want to go, it's like, it's like you, you know that 
you're going to regret it if you don't. Or maybe you won't regret it if you don't, but it's like you won't know if you don't go. And it just seems like a shame to... I definitely say no to a lot more opportunities than I say yes to. Oh, yeah. You know? But you got to say yes to some of them. You got to. Like, and there's so... My Like, I always... I'll do a trip and I come back and I'm like, this is so freaking cool. Yeah. Like it always is just cool. Like even, even if I'm like, I've had experience where I've traveled and like I was tired, like I missed my kids or whatever. And I come home and I'm like, I'm so glad I'm home. And then you start unpacking from the trip and seeing like the paintings you traded or the flash you picked up or a machine or whatever. And you're like, Holy crap, that was cool. Or you got tattooed. That's even cooler. Getting tattooed, you know? Yeah. And, and then you're like, that's why I went there. Like, yeah. that was cool. Or I met this person or whatever. I love so that. I started doing like these little trips getting out and not even like full on conventions, but I did, I've done a handful and um, guest spots, you know, sat in the shops. And yeah, like you can't beat it. Like, it's like a, as much as work as it is, it's like a recharge. So when you go Absolutely. back to like to the day to day, I'm like way more motivated when I come back from like a guest spot or a convention than I am oh, yeah. staying at my shop seven months. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the I way take it, that little weekend oh, yeah. tattoo with like a different group of tattooers. Mm-hmm. I watch them have different conversations, different, different outlook. You know? Yeah, and I come back and I'm always like stoked. I'm like, you come back and you, you might more. be like, oh, I'm stretching the skin different. How'd that happen? Yeah, like you know what I mean, better or worse. I I think that. I don't know. I think that traveling has been such a, you don't really know it when you're in it, but looking back on it, like how much you're able to grow from it. Like I don't want to say as a person, but like for me, particularly as a tattooer, like my, my last guest was kind of asking me about certain things about the way I tattooed. And cause I have some bizarre things I do where I'm like shading before I'm not lines done. I'm doing some things that, like particularly pretty messy like and a lot lot of these things are things that happen like out of like necessity or not only having so many paper towels left at the convention you know what i mean oh yeah or or even like okay there's 10 people waiting like i could i could completely wipe this every 30 seconds or i could tattoo till my client says how do you see that? And you're like, I don't. Ha, ha, ha. Or you actually Wipe can't it down. see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, okay, like save me a lot of time. And it's not so much fast as it is kind of like efficient, you know. But that efficiency and like and the simplicity and like it, it kind of happened from necessity of the travel. Like, okay, well, do I want to be the guy with the billion colors? I can't take that on a fucking plane. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm trying to like just figure out five go. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when you figure it out on the road. And you have it dialed in to where I can tattoo in a right-handed station, left-handed station, I, whatever. I can figure it out. Then you go back to your home base. And then you and then now you have just everything. It's like it, it kind of forced me, made me be able to be kind of more minimalistic in my tattooing. I'm like, well, how come I have it so figured out on the road? But like I don't have it figured out at home. You know what oh, I mean? yeah, for sure. I've had that. For and I kind of like so the discomfort times, yeah. of being like, oh, shit, uh, glove box isn't there anymore. Okay, different brand of saran wrap. Okay. All right. Like the lighting. Oh, all right. I'm figuring it out. And then now I feel like I feel pretty. I feel pretty dialed in. Like I, I feel like I could just I feel pretty confident right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Yeah. I feel pretty confident in just being able to to tattoo in dim lighting and good lighting, whatever. I feel like staying put can kind of become a bit of a handicap because you you can't really you just like only in that corner. How, it totally. What if your corner changes? Like it fuck. totally keeps you on your. Like I, I think, 
Yeah, to grow, you have to you have yeah. to travel. Like I, I mean, I did. I've done that since day one. Because you can only grow so much in one space and with one group of people. Absolutely. You, you, you know what I mean? And, and maybe you can't infinitely keep, but but maybe you're only getting so much out of it because you need to kind of recharge, like you said. You need to have these conversations. You need yeah, to like totally see new like, things. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. Like you get, yeah, you work around different people and you see different. Even I mean shoot the when we were at downtown like mm-hmm. something random is like this drape sheet that i saw from amanda you know i was like where'd you get that like yeah it didn't tear when somebody sat on it you know and she's like oh yeah i get it from over here and blah blah you tell me about it. i was like i'm freaking ordering those you know? yeah something super simple as like the drape right. sheet but i was like that's gold like somebody's not gonna skid up and half of it stuck to them you know right, she's right. like yeah those things suck like get them from this guy and then they're cheaper cool. you know i was like oh cool but yeah, yeah everyone then, has their little things yeah and you, you're like oh yeah. Well, but yeah, yeah, I'm definitely, yeah, I tattoo super like minimum everything now. Like yeah. I don't need, I just kind of use what I use and you, you know, know like, persp- when I travel, same sort of thing. Like I kind of have like uh-huh. this little box and I right. just go, or my Even, backpack and that's I also, where I go. I take advantage. One, one bad habit I have is if I have time to waste, I'll waste it. If I don't have, t- like when I'm on the road, I'll stay up super late tonight, right now. I'll wake up super early tomorrow, not get much sleep because I can sleep when I'm fucking home. Yeah, oh yeah. And, and I'll just like, I'll just, I won't eat. I'll just, I'll just work. I'll just do it. And, and it's just like, maybe it's a bad thing. Maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. But if if I have an extra hour in my day to like lay in bed, I'm going to take the extra hour. So I kind of like not having the extra hour. Yeah, oh I yeah, kinda, me too. You know what I'm saying? It keeps me on my toes. Yeah. Well, yeah. what I try, like my big thing is I don't want to miss anything. Yeah. Not even like, I just don't want to miss anything. Right. Like if they're doing, you know, an event at the shop or a guest spot or whatever, and they're like, let's go to dinner. Cool. I'm going to be there. If everybody hangs out after dinner, I'm going to be there. Like, I want to hear the conversations. I want to hear, you know, even if I don't even understand, like, you know, I don't live there. I don't know what they're talking about. So-and-so clients or whatever. I want to be a part of that. Like that. of those stories or those things, you know, like sitting at that restaurant or they're like, Hey, we're going to go to this bar and, you know, have a beer or whatever and hang out. And I'm like, cool, I'll go with, you know, obviously I don't want to miss it. Yeah. You know, like I think it's so cool. You like the, value those interactions. Yeah. Like, I want to, a lot of people don't want to like, it's one forty-one AM and we yeah. worked all day and we're fucking hanging out. Yeah. Like Not I don't a lot of people that do this thing, you know, like yeah. I hung out with, I was telling you, like I stayed out with Osh. I was so freaking tired in Vegas and I stayed out with them dudes just cause listening to them yeah. and they're screwing around. We were messing with his phone. We we're taking a bunch of pictures and like, yeah, we took so many selfies <laughs> on his phone. It's funny. And, um, but like, that's the stuff, like that's the stuff that makes traveling cool. Like, yeah, going to the shop and tattooing or the convention and tattooing and those stuff, but it's the things that happen like in the trip, like afterwards, after the shop, when you go and eat and you hang out or you go see, Somebody's like, hey, we're going to run over to this park or whatever. Right. You know, I did Fresno and and Tilt and I went to, um, we loaded up and went to the, the Fresno swap meet. Oh, yeah. That afternoon was so, or that morning we went, we loaded up super early, went to the Fresno swap meet, checked all the stuff. It was insane. If you've ever in Fresno, go to the Fresno swap meet. Shout swap meet. It's yeah. sick. It's crazy. I went to the... It's among, hmm. there's a lot of Hmong people there. Okay. Um, I don't know. If, you, if that's correct, Hmong people, but they're Hmong, Hmong hmm. like the Hmong people. And, uh, <laughs> what is that? I said it twice. I don't even know if that's politically correct. <laughs> but um, the nationality, Hmong. Okay. The Hmong, Not aware. Um, it's like a 
it's crazy. You could like, there's live chickens running around and they'll like, if you want a chicken, they'll lop its head off, cook it for what you the and they fuck? put it on a stick and give it to you. It's in crazy. Fresno? Yeah. In Fresno, the fuck. Fresno swap meat is insane. It's, it's so freaking cool. Um, yeah, I got pictures <laughs> of like tilt. He found churros. He was like holding two churros. He's all stoked. Um, but yeah, it was, but that morning was so cool. Like the convention was awesome. You know, yeah. I worked with tilt and, and a couple other guys and, uh, you know, the conversations were cool, but it was those outings. Right. That you look back, you're like, oh, totally. that was the time we went to the swap meet, or we went to, you know, like we it's went cool to dinner. It's cool when you get to went... little. I like, for, I like little trinkets and stuff. Like I remember when I did the Tulsa one with Ashley and Tanner. We went to like the Tulsa flea market, and supposedly it's like the the biggest like open air enclosed or not open air biggest enclosed flea market. Like it's this giant like like a uh, airplane hanger, and it's like the biggest airplane hanger that doesn't have any poles in the middle it's just a fucking giant thing yeah i don't know how to describe it but there was just tons and tons and tons of booths and i bought like i bought a bunch of california raisins i got some like weird like bugs bunny kind of posing like 1970 like weird like you know like stuffed animal um i took tons of photos i made into tons of tattoos later on like but yeah and i have those up my shelf and everyone's like oh the the raisin the california raisins they're like oh i saw those when i was a kid i'm like yeah and, and I'm like, oh, I, I got that. It's almost, yeah. like it, it's almost like that's the tat. Like, yeah. That's my little like, travel so mark. There's so much like, cool stuff. I love like, the little things. Yeah. we And just like the things, you know, like we were talking about today, like favorite spots. If you could move, you know, whatever. There's right. so many like if you could move, like whatever. Man, we both but, have that bug. Dude, like go to somewhere new. I want to live there now. I want to live. Yeah. It's yeah. the best place on the planet. I live everywhere. Oh, I just saw this. I'm moving there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like when we were in... Um, I was in New Jersey and we drove by the Air Force Base that had like where they built the Hindenburg, mm. the big yeah that exploded. Like that thing's there. Crazy. And the, the guy that was driving me, he was like, yeah, it has its own atmosphere inside there. It's so big. It actually Whoa. rains inside. He was telling me all this history about it and you know, all stuff. He goes, it's crazy. Like it'll actually rain inside that big dome thing. Yeah. It's still there, but I got to see it. Got to see like all the things. Like there's this place in, in, a, in a Oregon, um, this little breakfast spot I found on the, on the coast of Oregon mm-hmm. that I would drive like 25 minutes away from the convention every single morning and go have breakfast. That's there. cool. Still order bread from there. Yeah. You can call them and they make their own bread and they will mail it to you. That's cool. And you get this bread and, and like just all those spots that you find. And there's just so like, many little things and like, and there's so little time to see it. Yeah. Like I, I just don't want to miss it. And so like, I think the longer I stay put and the more, I don't, I don't know. Like I, outside of it makes me feel weird. Like I get all, I do, I get weird when I stay yeah. in one spot. Like I, I get super weird. Um, I feel like I've been, because of this, I feel like I've been overstimulated where I feel drained when I'm not being drained. Yes. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I constantly need. Which is weird. And like, I also, it's just like, you know, people are like uh, desensitized to like video games or they see so much content and this and that. Like I'm definitely guilty of that where I'll have, stacks of books and awesome like i i just bought a new flash book and i haven't i haven't really looked at it like i don't know I wa- it's like i want to like earn it i want to go to the swap meet and, and 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 like find the that picture and take a photo of it and then make yeah. it i want to like i don't know that's like, kind of like, like the hunt. like hunting like, it out you yeah know? that's like the hunt of like the old tattoos that's kind of where stuff. i'm at with the old tattoo stuff now yeah i'm like oh i want to find this yeah i'm like offer up i'm on craigslist i'm on ebay i'm going to antique shops on my days off like i'm 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 looking anything that i see that is relatively handmade or made in a time 
buy something by hands, whether it was like a screen print, anything that's just flat that has some sort of outline that I could see that, ooh, that is a tattoo. Like that's cool. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at it, you know? And you're going to find it and get it. And then you yeah. go to the next thing. Like, yeah. oh, what's the next thing? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of next But then things. now I have like album. Like I have like hundreds of photos in here. And it's almost like, got the photo. It's gone now. Like yeah. you have to draw it then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. else it just goes away. It's gone. It's, it's like the, I've yeah. 19,000 something pictures on my phone right now. 19, Struggle. 19 something. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I'm but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Travel. It's huge. I think yeah. everybody should travel something, you know? Yeah. I think it's like, it's, it's a shame when people, I think the more you don't travel, the harder it is to travel. And I'm afraid of stopping traveling to end up stopping traveling. Yeah. And I, and I feel like it's just, there's just so much out there and everyone's cool and there's cool people everywhere. There's cool food everywhere. There's cool memories you made everywhere and home could be anywhere. And it's, it's really where you make it. And I think the longer you don't leave, the harder it is to leave. And then people get scared and then people get racist. And it's like, they're only racist because fucking their owner hasn't taken them for a walk around the blocks. So now they're barking at every other dog around yeah. the fucking oh, yeah. street. Like yeah. get out. There's cool shit yeah, out there. I, I love it, man. Like you I, know? it's what, yeah. Cause when we were in Vegas and we were talking about, you were like, don't invite me because I'll come. I'm I was here. like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm me here. too. I'm like, you're like, come on. I'm like, no, I'm serious. I'm like, yeah. and you're like, I'll do it. And the, yeah, and here you are. I tell everyone um, that, and I and I and I'm. Uh, anybody yeah. ever tells me they're like, yeah, you should come by. Where I'm fucked like, up. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna make you hang out in the start, shop all night. I go home. Yeah, I go. Yeah, <laughs> I go home. I start, you know, googling like hotels close, the fastest route there. Should I fly? Should Especially I drive? when you get home, because it's still in your brain. That's when you're like, oh, I want to. I go start back. making notes. It's yeah. like, okay, it's on, you know. And yeah, oh, I go. Like anybody ever mentions that? Yeah, I'm there. Like I'll call them. Hey, I love when, that when can I come so much. Yeah, I love that about you. I love that the other day you're like, text me and you're like, can I call you? And, and I called you. I'm like, yeah. And like, I just want to talk to you for a minute. We talked for like 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I love that. It's like, I love that. I fucking hate the fucking text thing. It's not, it's not, it's not a viable way of, com- no. it's not real. Texting's the worst, man. It's I'm, so primitive. I'm the worst. At, and it's not, it like, and, and also, I'm, I'm to... very straightforward. And like, if I do this in text, I, you may think, like, whoa, that dude's a dick. Or like, well, yeah, because there's no, yeah. Way everything is out of context in text like you can't yeah. yeah but and it's a bummer because i mean that was part of our conversation like this whole social media thing yeah. that i man i still i'll fight it fight it fight it but you can't well you that's know. why the youtube thing but, i think is me because instagram facebook to me that's text messaging right yeah youtube that's the phone call bro that's where i can no, like for sure you know what i mean that, like I, I can't get that out on twitter but I could talk for one minute and boom, there it is. Done. It's done. And it's gold. Like it you know? is gold. Like I'm serious. I mean, just today that the two, two people right. on, this, on this shop, Facebook, mm-hmm. they're like, Oh my God, that guy's there. Like I follow him on it on YouTube. Right. Super wild. It's you know, crazy. that live here. They're like, I follow that dude. You know, I mean, it's so, yeah, the social media thing and texting and email and messages. And you know, I'm like, pick up the phone. I get overwhelmed by it. Like, Pick up the phone. Like I yeah. will get, we get hundreds of messages on the shop, Facebook and Instagram right. and all stuff about how much for this, how much for, can I set up an appointment? How much, you know, how much for a tattoo? Come in. That's a hard thing. Like, let's just yeah. have a conversation. No, it's hard. Like, let's I have, you know, like yeah. literally let's 
give you exactly what you want. Mm -hmm. Not because I'm lazy to, I don't want to answer the message. It's a disservice to them. Yeah, I literally They're not going to get the same experience in that text message or email as they are in person. And you can't explain why it's going to cost that or why it needs to face that way or why that thing won't fit in that fucking dumb spot. Yeah. But if they come in, you could tell it to them and it's not rude because you can give them a better idea on the spot. And you can figure it out together within five minutes rather than five days back and forth emails. But I, yeah, and I also, I think, Part of it bummed my frustration. I think what part of it is, I get bummed out because this stuff's like an experience. Yes. Like everything we do is an experience. A lot of what everybody does is literally like window dressing. Like they're just making it look good or whatever. Right. You know, I mean, the way people set up these days with like, yeah, freaking 60 things in their setup. I mean, there's most of it's bullshit and doesn't right. do anything it just like looks cool or right. looks more medical or more technical or whatever right um yeah i read not every single thing in plastic cool my machines in plastic, and you're destroying plastic, the planet while you're doing it too you know my little button and then it's plastic on this yeah, you're and like, dude, still gonna fucking wipe everything can, down afterwards still can, <laughs> and you just created three times more waste yeah um, but yeah but people miss out on the experience of like that conversation. Yeah. Like that kid that I was telling you, like came in, I was telling you the kid came in, he just has like phenomenal black and gray work on him. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Like it's very nice black and gray work. And he came in and was looking at the wall and he was mesmerized. He had never in his brain, it had never thought about a different kind of tattoo. That wasn't that. Never put his phone down. And then he comes (laughs) in here and was looking at the wall and was like, that is so cool. Right. Like, literally picked like that rose and dagger and was like, I want that huge. Yeah. I wish I would have got all my tattoos looking like that looks like a tattoo. Like that's what I wanted. Yeah. He got the tattoo he wanted and it's phenomenal. Like it's, it's sick, but he is, he'd never been exposed to like, you know, and then we talked for like an hour and he's like, Oh man, books, two appointments, gets tattooed today. You know, I mean, he's like off and running now, you know, People, had he not done that, had he sent a message and been on Facebook, how much for a tattoo? Right. How much, you know, when can you get me a, whatever. Like not come down, actually physically came down to the shop, had a conversation, looked at stuff to spark his whole interest of whatever, he would have missed it. Absolutely. And I think people are so instant gratification or lazy or what, whatever. I don't, I don't know. Probably not even lazy. I think we're just so just used to like this way. instant gratification. Like it's so, oh yeah. And it's no, so normal now. Yeah. You don't have to have the conversation because we have 10 other ways to communicate with somebody. Well, and there's motherfuckers with like tattoo vape pens and beats headphones on. Not even talking that, to their fucking yeah, clients. That makes me crazy. Like I, I hate It's that. so disrespectful. Those same motherfuckers are called like, tattoo a canvas. It's like, it's a that fucking person. Off, man. Put your headphones down and have yeah. a conversation. Yeah. You don't have to talk to these people like, the whole this is, tattoo. This is like a, a connected thing. How can you be so far removed and so disconnected? Yeah. Like it's, it's weird you're going to gonna miss part of that whole story. What are you going to tell somebody when you went and got tattooed? Yeah. I, I watched tattoo. the new episode of... I watched... I watched yeah. Whatever. whatever. Netflix on my phone. Yeah. The dude listened to his beats the whole entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wrapped me up and I left and I gave him $300. Like, yeah. no, that sucks. Yeah. Like, you know, I get tattooed. We're talking, we're having fun. We're like, I'm like, yeah, this sucks. Like, I hate getting tattooed. I love being tattooed. Like, having tattoos, I hate getting them. Yeah. Like, I, you know, and we laugh about that. And we, you know, like. Yeah, and you, and you exchange, and, like, you know, 
so much wisdom. Like you learn about their life, they learn about your life, you become friends, you share a moment, you know, share experience, you give them a permanent mark. Not only that you made with intent for it to look as good for as long as a time possible, but you gave them a memory to attach that tattoo to. Yeah. Like, why did you that rose and dagger? When I was this age, I was getting tattoos. I walked in this shop. It was so cool. The guy was super cool. I saw that one. I got like it, it's it's more than just like well like uh, this fucking hot Instagram model had it on their thigh and I screenshotted it and I brought it to the artist. I can't remember the name, but they had really cool shades. I don't even wear shades the whole fucking time. And uh, he had some cool headphones. I don't know what he's listening to, but I really caught up on uh, on that new thing on Hulu. Yeah, yeah. like it's just I'm weird. Like, no, you know? yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think I, that's. I think it's something like. You know, I've never, you know, it's like, like, you know, like there's no TV right here. You know, like you should, you should, we should be doing this. We should be talking about this. That display case is full for us to look in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And people, they, they'll be looking like they, they come in and they look and they're looking like this. And it's like, take the fucking bite. Like, look, like you came here, you know, like, yeah, there's like, you're selling yourself short. Cool shit. Yeah. Like everywhere. Even, mm-hmm. even. Any shop has something yeah. random that you're not going to see and I want, somewhere and I, else. The thing is, even with the YouTube thing, right? I wanted to show that. That's the whole premise on why I did it. I was like, you know, someone comes in and, and they, they I, I do their, their Pinterest tat, you know? But then they're like, you know, I like that Rose and Dagger. And they come back a second time and they're like, okay, you know, I saw a thing you're painting that's really cool. And now they're a little bit more immersed in this world. And, and they're like, okay, you know, I want to get... Um, I want to get this thing off my phone, someone else's tat, but why don't you draw it your way because I still like that rose and dagger. I like your stuff, this and that. And they come back the third time. They're like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I want to get that rose and dagger. And after that, they realize like, you know, like I think they were told from Miami Inc. or some bullshit that this stuff's been tattooed a billion times when they're searching like a billion times searched photo. Hey. When like I painted that sheet and only 12 people have seen it and I've never done anything off of it. It's like... But not even... Oh, people don't understand is this stuff was around before Pinterest. Yes. So everybody's always like, I don't want to pick anything off the wall because somebody else has it. But yeah. then they're going to come in and show you a picture that or has like 53 million yeah. pins on Pinterest or mm-hmm. whatever. I just literally learned what pin on Pinterest right? was. 53 million. Mm-hmm. So you don't think over half of those people, literally, I would bet half of the people that pin that thing have gotten that thing tattooed oh, for or sure. thought about it That's or whatever. Pin. Yeah. And so you got 53 million or how many have come in and seen this and you're like, so let's give you this tattoo and make it yours. Right. We don't have to do it line for line. We don't have to do it the same colors. You we know, don't have to do thing. I think people it's think like, people with the instant gratification and with the customer always doing the right. They, like for example, especially back to my YouTube fucking gig, people will be like, Oh, like, do you ever do custom stuff or do you only do stuff off the flash or only off the wall or only on a line book? It's always fucking custom. You know, it's all, like, Oh, it's yours. Always. It's handmade every goddamn time. And, and do you, and I think they have this narrow scope where they think, okay, that is exactly what's going to be on your skin. It's like, no, someone drew that. Someone painted that. Yeah. That's a painting. That's a reference. Like, even if I were to tattoo it just like that, it would not look it's like that. It's still going to be different yeah. no matter what. And, and, and it's like, you may only want black and gray. Or I may have to face a different way. Or I may be like, you know what? I'm going to change this little thing about it. Or I'm going to shade it different. You know, like, say I did a Born to Lose tattoo with these dice. And I've, I've done it probably five times. And it's in my Tiny Bright tattoo book. And, and today... When I did the dots and the dice, these little these little half circles, so it's a little glare. I did like a little little whoop, a little fucking thing, and I, and I shaded it a little different, and it's it, it's new. 
you know, I've never done that body part. I've never outlined it that way. I've never shaded that direction. It's hey. new now, you know? Yeah, but and sometimes that just happens. Yeah. Like also, you know, also with me traveling, with me only bringing my line book and not having my flash, I can't reference my flash. And so I will, I will shade the tattoo to tailor to fit to what they're wearing. So mm -hmm. yesterday I did, I did like a Coleman Rose of No Man's Land and I've done it in color. I've also done black girth, like a lot of heavy black and gray. And uh, this one, I left it really open and breathable. He's like, I thought you were going to shade it more than that. But he had a bunch of single needle tattoos and he had some really minimal, just black traditional stuff. I'm like, yeah, but I saw your tattoos and, and I wanted it to fit with your tattoos. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, like, thank you so much for doing that. You know, it's really cool of you. And it's like, yeah, of course, it's my job. You know what I mean? Like, it, it needs yeah, to it was... look good, you know? And so, yeah. it, I mean, that was, it was, it was brand new, you know, it was birth, new tattoo, new person, new approach. A design that's how many years old? Yeah. But it's new every time. Is new for you. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you could have the same, like, like I was going back, that butterfly that was on that sheet. Yeah. We had tattooed that thing every color, shaded it every way, shaded it. Sometimes it had the inside lines on it. Sometimes it didn't. Sometimes right. everybody who got that butterfly literally but to, but to play devil's butterfly. advocate, maybe these Pinterest tattoos are new classic tattoos. What if, what if they've been done so many times because they're great? Maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, maybe so. I mean, I, I've paid my bills. In some way, I think when I first saw the infinity symbol one, I'm like, oh, yeah, love, infinity, cool, yeah, clever, simple, fuck yeah. I think it just got distasteful because... Mm, I think that distasteful, the original idea was a great idea. That's why people were repinning it. I think it got distasteful because it became a meme because the people that were getting it were adding unnecessary bullshit to it that ruined it for all the other things. Like, like for example, barbed wire's back, right? Yeah. Barbed wire was fucking cool. And I'm stoked yeah. on it. Barbed wire sure. like, only became uncool because there was a stereotypical uncool people that were wearing it that made it now uncool, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, well, you know, you had Pamela Anderson pop up. She's right. got freaking, you know, everybody's like, yeah. They weren't looking at her tattoo anyway. Right. But then you started getting every bro out there getting barbed wire. You know, it's like tribal. It's Everybody, tribal. Tri well, tri yeah. Also, even general, Tri this is all tribalism. So it's like, you know, it's like, oh, these type of people get these type of tattoos. That's not cool. I want to look like these people, you know? Yeah. So it's always that. So maybe we just aren't like super stoked on the millennial phone, Pinterest person people. Maybe that's not our tribe. Maybe that's why we don't like it. Maybe. And it might be. I, I yeah. also, you know, here's another thing. So I was talking to, um, when I, when I had the Phoenix shop, um, Tony Clett stopped by mm -hmm. and we were talking about tattooing and, and I was sharing some frustrations with kind of like getting that location established and right. clients and that, that whole shop start was rough. And, um, he was like, he, he, he had made the comment. He's like, you know, he's like, yeah, he goes, there's so many shops down here and there's so many, you know, people trying to tattoo and tattoo in other houses and you know, like right. the supply companies that'll sell to anybody and whatever. He's like, you know, He's like, I was tattooing in Mesa and he's like, I don't believe, he goes, I've gotten to the point where I don't believe people even care what their tattoos look like. They just want to be tattooed. And you I was that? like, I Especially don't Especially with the that. SoundCloud rappers. I think he might be right. Well, so right I now told at this him, moment. So I told him, I go, I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. And then he proved it. So mm -hmm. then he's like, okay, look at this. He goes, look at how many like NBA basketball stars are tattooed. Mm -hmm. What are they covered in? 
Right. I was like, mostly bullshit. Yeah. Like, yeah. These dudes stars, are multi-millionaires, billionaires in some cases, and they're covered in bullshit next to toe, you know? Right. They freaking, like, you got the rappers, you got all stuff people doing, you know. And it influences people to want that bullshit. And people are like. I wanted Gigi Allen tattoos when I was 15 because fucking I saw his shitty tattoos. I'm like, I want, and all the punks you had shitty like tattoos. That? And I'm like, yeah. I want that. Like, whatever, yeah. you know. That was like, my tribe. My 15-year-old. I had a shitty tat, but I got tattooed. Like yeah. it looked like shit, but mm-hmm. whatever, you know, got yeah, biker Santa Claus, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, but you know, like I don't, I was like, I don't believe that man. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, you're right. People are like wanting what they see when they turn on and they see baseball players, football players, you know, basketball players, they see all this stuff and they're like, they just want to be covered with these tattoos. But that's the thing. It's like, why, why is the thing that they just saw? just now on their phone important because that's the one they saw why is that more valuable than the one that they seen they liked right there that they just saw but I why think, is this one more intimate than that i think it's more relatable because of where it came from mm. okay that makes sense or or it could be i mean I'm, literally like i dude we we do a lot of pinterest tattoos here and right. like cool i'll i'll do them yeah like for sure I've gone to shops where people are like, I don't do that crap. I'm right. not, I'm too good. But I'm like, man, I will bang those out all day. Yeah. Why not? You can pay your bills. You can do yeah. whatever, man. Whatever. I'll bang. I don't care. Like right. I'll do them. I'm a tattooer. You know, yeah. it's not like I, people are like my specialties that we right. just had that conversation too. I'm like, the specialty is making tattoos. Yep. I'm not freaking. It's an outline. All my tattoos have outlines. I'm a I can do a tattoo on you. Yeah. But I think like stuff like that is so more relatable because they saw it in their safe place, their phone or their this, friend. Or this their, is, this is our safe place. This is why this is valuable to us. This makes sense to us. And this makes sense to them. And they were like, Oh, well that little love infinity mm. or, you know, this, I refuse to sink thing or whatever, which never, the first time I ever saw that. <laughs> the look at the anchor. Cause anchor dude, sink. I didn't even know. no, Honest to God, man, I didn't even know what Pinterest was Yeah. until I was so late to the game. There was some girl in here that had this anchor thing that she printed out, brought it in. She showed it to me. And I was like, where did you get that? Mm-hmm. And she's like, Pinterest. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. I was boggled by what she just showed me. Like, why would you put an anchor on this thing that you refuse to sink? It's supposed to sink. Like, it didn't. I didn't. It didn't compute to me. It's a hard fight. She's like, I got it on Pinterest. Like, the battle may be worth it. I was like, yeah, but I'm like, what's noble? What's a noble cause? I was like, what's a Pinterest? Yeah. She's like, you know, Pinterest. You go on there. This thing. It's really interesting. And then no joke. Like, I got on there and was like reading about all this like home improvement stuff or whatever. I was like, oh, this is like. Kind of gold mine for that. Yeah, every stuff. every pin some like yeah. some palettes and stuff. Yeah, like, there's like so much cool shit on there. Like, <laughs> I have so a palette album and a tiny house stuff album. And, like, yeah, there's yeah. so much cool shit on there. Is yeah, but yeah, I didn't even know. But I think that's like the relatable thing. Like you know, everybody talks say? about like the soccer moms or the you know this is the tats they get or the the white girl tattoos or whatever. It very well may be like, it, but and maybe that's okay. That's that's them. That's a reflection of them wearing it outward, you know. And and then, no matter who gets tattooed and what, you're gonna have to deal the repercussions of other people's opinions, regardless. But I think that I, I don't know a way of saying this nicely, but I think people do get the tattoos they deserve, for better oh, or for worse. No, absolutely. If you're yeah. dumb, you're gonna get a dumb tat. If you're 
15-year-old going and getting a legal tat, you're going to get a fucking biker wizard Santa Claus, right? It, it's like, and, and the more you know, like, the more you'll grow, the better tattoo you'll pick. But but maybe not so. Everyone's different, you yeah. know? And I, it's just, that's what's kind of come down to. It's like, to each their own, people are going to get tattooed. And I think that there is too many options out there, but there's too many people wanting to get tattoos out there. So maybe it's the best thing because if you don't like the way that guy talked to you, you don't have to go to them. If you don't like the way, you know, that person's design looked, go to someone else. Like if someone's not talking that you want to be talked, maybe you want to go for what you want. Maybe what you want isn't what you need, but maybe you don't care and maybe you not care. It's a reflection of the tattoos you're going to wear. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like we're just here to draw on you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'm just here to do it. Yeah. And like, it's like, I, like, like here's, I'm going to be like, all right, here's what, you want my opinion? Here's my opinion. If you can't handle that opinion, you probably can't handle the weight of wearing that tattoo and dealing with public opinions forever and definitely. And if I have the ability to talk you out of your bad idea into a better tattoo, I feel like I did a good service for you because if you really wanted it, you wouldn't have been able to talk out of it. And if I can't talk you out of that dumb idea, as long as I can make it last... It's not on your well, hand, yeah, neck, or face. I'll fucking do it. We're just here. Yeah, literally, in that case, you're just here to give them the best bad decision they ever made. Yep. Yeah. And make it look good. Yeah. Like it, and give and, them the best experience because it could have been across the street and maybe it, it maybe it didn't have, yeah. at least they weren't, maybe we're nice. And to they them. probably went somewhere and got it cheaper. Right. And pro- it's like, okay, if that's what you want. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm here to give, give it to you the best I can. Mm-hmm. You're going to leave. You're going to be happy. Cool. I guess it's frustrating with like, you know, because cause we, we sleep on this, we think on this, this doesn't go away. To them, it's like, it's just a window shopping experience. And to us, we're like, <sighs> you know, like as we're like putting our soul into this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to them, it's like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bracelet. It's, it's, a, it's just like a, you it's know, it's an accessory. Yeah. It's an accessory. They can yeah. get it for right now. You know, they don't care about then. They can always get touched up. They can always whatever. Yeah, I can always redo that finger tattoo. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't you know I could just get my realism tat colored in every two years? Don't you know you're not going to fucking do that? No, you're not. (laughs) Yeah. You're not. And even if you did, you're going to wish you didn't. Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, no, you can't, you know, tattoo the inside of my finger. Like, okay, well, this is what's going to happen. I'm telling you this was because I've had it done. And And they're like, I'll just get it touched up. I'll get it. I, I, but I, you won't. I, I use the same thing they use. I say, all right, Google healed finger tattoos. Do you like the way these look? Do you want to wear these? This is what you're buying. Yeah. Okay, you'll dig them. I'll give you the gray tat on the inside of your finger. I'll blow it out and it'll fucking sit there. You like fat lines? You fucking it's better. It's going to be in there. if it's not fat, it's not going to be there at all. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And, I, and I give them that. And if that's what they want, then fuck yeah. You know? But I think that someone with no tattoos, with no knowledge in tattoos and never looked at a heel tattoo, doesn't have the capacity to have the decision-making capabilities to be able to fucking want to get their palm when they've never seen a healed palm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that you need to have them and wear them and heal them and be judged for them and have repercussions for them to be ready to make the decision to go below the wrist. I don't yeah. think it should start out first tat on the finger, you know. I don't, I, and I, no, I, no, yeah, yeah. And things are changing, and and yeah, you know, I've been proven wrong. There's people with jobs that have it, and and, and oh, I guess that's sure. cool, you know. But it's like, what about when tattooing wasn't acceptable, and and you really thought it out? And by the time you got to your arm, you really knew how to do it, you know. And I think there's too many options out there now to yeah. where it's just so flooded to where how do people know how to get a good tattoo? Yeah, and so so yeah, but going back to that, like with with what the what I quoted Tony on, yeah. um, which literally if people aren't following Tony Klett and they don't like, you know, uh-huh. if people like neo-traditional tattoos, they need to freaking follow this guy. Yeah. 
he dude he's one of the sickest tattooers i ever had the opportunity to tattoo with he's he's phenomenal but um um he followed that up like because me just leaving that that sound like he was a dick like he's not he's one of the nicest dudes right. you ever meet but he did he was like people the general public don't care they just want to be tattooed. They don't give a shit. Like that's why people are tat- getting tattoos at house parties and garages and you know whatever. And and I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. And he's like, Well, why would you? This is why these people have garbage on them and they're getting tattooed and doing all stuff. I'm like, Yeah, I guess you're right. He's like, So all I can do is find that niche of people that want good tattoos, that want to be educated, that want to you know, and you show them this and then hope to grow that. Right. And. I was like, I guess you're right. And that kind of like, we've always, there's been a couple times where we've kind of had some instilled knowledge, you know, upon I mean, each other, I mean, you know? I'm and I was like, I think way. you're right. Like, that's what, that's what I need to have with like the mm-hmm. outlook of this shop. Like I took it over. It was a terrible thing prior to me. Um, and we had, I mean, it was crazy. The people that were coming in what they wanted and stuff. And what they wanted to do for the, it was, it was crazy. But when I figured like, when he said that, I was like, that's gotta be my outlook. I just got to find this core group of people that want a good product. Yeah. And then I make gain another product, one and they'll, f- and then gain another one yeah. and then gain another one. I had to take it all the way back to the basics of like, I was taught like you could do a sleeve and literally, and I've proved it. Like you could do a sleeve, man, you could wave, half those lines you could wobble things you could oops you know here and there in a sleeve you're gonna fix it you're gonna hide it you're gonna whatever you jack a butterfly the size of a quarter on some college chick the whole world's gonna know or even if you do it perfect and now it just blows out next year Mm -hmm. or now it falls out next year or next month but those are the ones these these palm size or smaller tattoos yeah you better nail those oh yeah there's no room for it because when you do you just gained that girl's 10 friends yeah, and they're 10 friends and they're 10 friends. And I had to like have that mentality of like, he's right. The general public in theory, well, just like just you sought it out, just like you sought out and you know, like there's other people that seek things out too. If you're doing good work, people will realize it. You know, I saw this, like this is off topic, but it's really not. There was this Dave Navarro interview and he was talking, they were saying like, what advice would you give to people like young kids in bands, you know? And they were saying like, you know, should they focus on a good band name or like a, a band logo? And he's like, no, they should focus on their music. And like, they should play any show they can. Even if it's not, even if it's not like the show they want to play, if their music is good, people will want to hear it. Mm-hmm. If their music sucks, people won't want to hear it. A good logo isn't going to fix your bad music. You know, you need at to play all. music so you can be good at music, you know? And I think that with social media, I think the correct way to use it, the way I'm using it, you know, I think is like, okay, here's here's a bit about me. Here's how I walk. Here's how I talk. Here's how I tattoo. There it is. Put it out there. If people don't like it, they're not going to look at it. Yeah. And if people do like it, they're going to look at it. And those people, some of them are going to value it. And those little niche, that little 1% hiding in here mm-hmm. are the people who came in today. And that's those people that value it. I value them because they value me. So I want to tell them thank you. I want to give them a hug. I, I, I want to do the best job I can. So that way, hopefully I get more of that back in return. So all you can yeah, do. Yeah, the whole experience. Give them yeah. the whole, and so, and Those it, people traveled here. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Throw on some headphones and be like, thanks for coming? Oh, man, yeah. So it's like even with like a public shop, you know, like you're working with a general public. It's not people sought after. It's going to be 
anyone and everyone walking in the door. At the end of the day, the best thing you can do is do the best job you can for them and treat them the best way possible and hopefully give them a tattoo that can last as long as possible or at least like let them know like, hey, you know, this orange is going to go, bro. Like... You're gonna or yeah, the spot. It, you know what I mean? Like this is what's gonna happen. Yeah. Or show them or educate them, and if they're like, yeah, this is still what I want. Yeah. Okay. You get tattoo they deserve. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I've told so many people. Like people come in, I got this, and I got twenty bucks. Yeah, I paid twenty bucks for it. Yeah, I know. You got exactly what you paid for. It's true. Like, and if you sweet. can't see the difference, maybe good for you. Keep getting that good maybe, deal. Yeah, maybe Fuck get it. more. It's yours to wear. Yeah, go back. Yeah, like go where, wherever did that or. Go, Go back. That's your dude. Yeah, I don't know why you're like, here. That's your dude for yeah. sure. Because it's not gonna happen here. I might <laughs> take the dude out to dinner. I don't know. You know, like that's that's Didn't that's that, it. that guy literally like a dollar deposit today. The, the dude. yeah, he did one dollar, one dollar, one dollar deposit. Shout out to him. He's yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna run to the ATM, and then you know, didn't come back. But Later. yeah, he did try to leave a dollar deposit for sure. I respect um, him. He tried. You know, he tried. <laughs> a for effort. Uh, yeah, he definitely tried. I was like, no, it's still sixty bucks. And, <laughs> well, I got a dollar and he whips it out. I was like, Yeah, this is something to do emotion. Pulls out his wallet, pulls out the yeah. dollar. Because it's still 60 bucks for you. Yeah. But, uh, this, but this dollar. Yeah. He's like, he whipped out a dollar. Oh, and I'm like, What? You know, but yeah, I mean, that, I mean, yeah. Yo, let's end it here because we're going we're gonna to run that 33 hours. <laughs> yeah, <we're, laughs> oh, no man. Oh, we went, man. We yeah. Went. So, what's what's your Instagram for everyone to follow? Is it Faithful um, Irons still? Is Faith, Faithful Irons is the one I use. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I use that one. And then um, the museum, I've just so yeah. So, and when the museum was humping, like it was going mm-hmm. for a long time. Website with some books, Flash, you know, a bunch of stuff. And then uh, yeah, when I stepped away from everything, it definitely I tapered that off. Are you purpose. putting that back up? That's putting it. The site's up now. Um, what I'll do is I'll put this out. When that's dialed in. So yeah. what's it called? So they'll go to it right now. So Southwest Tattoo Museum. So SWTattooMuseum.com is the website. And there's Instagram for it too. There's an Instagram, SW, Southwest Tattoo Museum. Yep. Um, my personal one is Faithful Irons. Yep. Um, and then my shop links are all over that and stuff too. Yeah. But um, There'll be tons of links in the description below. Yeah, there's kind of a lot of little things. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The biggest project now I think is just kind of like, I think I'm just, just still working on me and like kind of working on that stuff like my instagram and yeah getting the the, the, the actual museum off and rolling again yeah that's you know, cool like, yeah there's a there's a lot you of need stuff. to nurture that you have a lot of stuff there's a lot it's out of control the, yeah the collect- people need to see it it's a lot of cool things and it's neat to see people that didn't like that don't get it or don't don't know right you know and they come in and they're like Oh, that's cool. Well, because it, it'll bring them the historical value that they lack that we have. And we can bring them the same value. And in return, you're just going to be making cool tattoos yeah. because of it, right? And outside, I mean, all that, that none of this stuff was meant to be in boxes. Yeah. People painted it to stick it on the wall. Yeah. Like, like Catfish so told got, you, save everything. You, you, dude, and I still do. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I, st- I still, man. Ooh, Jeff. follow Catfish. I'm putting his Instagram. Yeah, yeah, if you didn't good. follow it. Two hours ago. <laughs> Two hours ago. Yeah, follow him. Um, gosh, yeah, there's such good stuff. Good, good stuff. I think we did it. Let's go to bed. We did it. Yeah, we did it. I love you. It was fun, man. Yeah, thank you. It was a good time, right? Yeah, it was a good time.
for sure. Ooh.